So are, is it called Joe Picks a Team or Joe Picks an NFL Team? Well, I mean, we can't go back on that $5 logo that we made. So <laughs> I think it's pretty much settled <laughs> at this point. Welcome to the Jeff Picks a Joe Picks Megamix. In this podcast, Jeff, abandoned by his favorite sandwich podcast, discovers a new appreciation for how much time Dan spends editing. Uh, but I thought it might be fun, as the NFL season fast approaches, to rediscover the original Joe Picks season, the Old Testament of Joe Picks podism, to pull together some of my favorite moments. And what I ended up with in true Joe Picks fashion was over three and a half hours of content. So I've split it up into three episodes. The first, this one, is a compilation that will follow the traditional category order. The second will be best of the mailbag. And the third will be all the random nonsense that didn't fit into the first two. So I suppose that makes this episode the amuse-bouche, as Dan would say, albeit an unreasonably long amuse-bouche. Uh, to Dan and Joe, thank you for continuing to do what you do, um, even if it's a little less often keeping us all entertained um and hope everyone enjoys and happy nfl season soon to come joe doesn't want a team that's too good or too bad denver broncos south broncos had it you're exactly correct correct about number two the broncos did win the super bowl back to back but the patriots did it in 03 and 04 so the patriots are the most recent person <laughs> of course the seahawks <laughs> would have been the most recent person but they blew it oh shit Joe. What? No, no, you're wrong about number three. I was so excited. <laughs> no, wait, wait. This is La La Land at the Oscars all over again. You announced <laughs> my victory and now you're ripping it from me. I am. Cincinnati Bengals. If they were to make a Super Bowl run, it would be incredibly exciting for a fan of the team. If the Cincinnati Bengals win a playoff game, that will be like <laughs> winning the Super Bowl. Uh, what the, would you even feel if they won a play? Like, can you even um, visualize it in your head? I, I can visualize it because they should have won a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but then Jeremy Hill fumbled, uh, and then two personal fouls later. The Steelers oh my kicked, God, that's uh, right. That uh, was in the playoffs. The field goal to win. Oh. That was the that that was the Bengals version of the Falcons Super Bowl, except oh. it was in the divisional round. Green Bay Packers. I think you have to think about the long-suffering teams and how it would be inappropriate to become a fan before they've won their first Super Bowl. Because you're going to meet other fans. They're going to be like, oh my God, remember when we lost in 87? You're going to be like, no. Oh, 94, that was just a heartbreak. Nope. Right? But if you're a fan of a team that has won a Super Bowl in the last five to ten years, then you're coming in you're not jumping on this like long suffering like relief of winning. You're just jumping in with where everybody else is. At, like, oh, we haven't won recently, and no, I would really Rob, like to win. Rob, you forget where I'm coming from, though. See, I'm going to be able to transfer all of my Charger suffering to the new team. It's so they'll be like, remember transfer. when we lost? Yeah, remember when we lost in '87? I'll be like, oh yeah, the 49ers kicked our ass in that Super Bowl, and they'd be like, wait, no. I'll be like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter. That remember was my suffering. Remember when we intercepted but- the ball and the guy just had to fall down and then he fumbled it? And they'd Fucking be like, Marlon no. McCree. They'd be like, that's yeah, exactly. horrible. <laughs> so basically, your baggage isn't going to match anybody else's baggage, but it's there. But the baggage. Will remember be there when they took the Absolutely. team and moved it because they're the owner's a jackass. Absolutely, I will be bringing the same suffering to the table. It's a good point, Rob. You didn't argue any lower, but but we're, you we're did holding lose your six. team a point six. Atlanta Falcons. So, Joe, you don't want a team that's too good or too bad. What do you think? The Falcons have this interesting thing going right now where they're, in a way, both simultaneously too good and too bad. 
under normal circumstances, you would say the team that made it to the Super Bowl has the best Super Bowl odds that we've done so far would clearly be too good. Yeah. But on the other hand, they have this tragic loss that's so bad that it is defining for the culture of the team. There's a new Falcons team, which is the Falcons team that has the worst loss in, in any Super Bowl. Yeah. That team has never existed before. And it's already within the bounds of teams that lose the Super Bowl, which already have a bad track record. Right. And you know, Dan, that I'm a big fan of sports narrative, that I think that there's a logical order to sports. It's not random. There's only two possible narratives. It's that they have a terrible season next year or they have an amazing season and they win the Super Bowl. Nothing in between will happen. Okay, well, I I'll, guarantee I'll, that now. I'll hold you to that, Joe. So, ergo, they're both either way too good or way too bad. And sort of both at the same time, which is not great for them. Joe, this is... <laughs> am, I, am I drawing this out too much? No, this just makes no sense. But I'm interested to see where you're going to go with this. It's a three. <laughs> it's a I've th- thought about this a lot. <laughs> this is insane. This is the only ranking I've thought about going into the podcast. Oh it's a God. three. They're too good. They just made the Super Bowl. They're also too bad. They just lost the worst Super Bowl loss of all time. I have a feeling that you, the Falcons, were sort of built up in this pre-podcast world to be a team that you might consider. And I think you are smashing that narrative. No, no, no. Well, possibly. Okay. But I think think you've thought too much about this. I think we had too long in between the teams and you're overthinking this. Luckily, I have a short attention span. I've only thought about the first ranking. I don't remember the other 11. Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'm going to let you go through the, all the deliberations on your own before I come in with the correct answer here. Rob, we don't have time. Just tell us the correct answer. What's I'm the correct answer? a trend. Only the Patriots. Rob, what's the correct answer? I'm going to jump in uh, because Joe clearly doesn't remember anything that he comes out of his own mouth. listen to his own podcast. <laughs> the Packers and Patriots are tied with nine uh, playoff appearances in the last 10 years. So who's better than the Packers? No one. That is correct. Wow, Rob. Rob comes in guest on the podcast, aces the quiz. He knows his team really well. That's correct. The Packers have made the playoffs nine times. The Patriots have made it nine times. And they are both tied for number one, second best, Steelers and Colts all the way down at seven. Nobody has made the playoffs more than the Packers in the past 10 seasons. Dan, Rob, I will not apologize for not listening to the podcast. (laughs) Technically, I don't think Joe is a super fan of his own podcast. Minnesota Vikings. In addition to, you know, that the record over the last 10 years is just one of complete mediocrity. Well, I mean, it's not mediocrity. It's just complete middle of the roadness. I mean, they're yeah, just a 50-50 that, That's what mediocrity means, right? I mean, they're, they're completely middle of the road. Well, um, mediocrity is like the Cleveland Browns. No, that's... No, that's that's ineptitude. Mediocrity is like boring middle. But mediocrity, the word is mediocre. Mediocre is like bad. It's not like no. Average. Mediocre is like like middling. No, middling is middling. Mediocre is bad. What what does the what does the the prefix med mean? Yeah, well, it means middle, but that's I mean I guess. But mediocre definition of only moderate quality or not very good. Oh. Synonyms, middling, middle of the road, average, uh, unexceptional, unexciting, damn, lackluster. But you're, you're cherry picking, Dan. <laughs> you're cherry picking. I, I'm going to read the first four. Ordinary, average, middling, middle of the road, uninspired. Well, Joe, yeah, I, I, 
I admit defeat. <laughs> you win. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm shamed. They're mediocre, and well, now now I'm just. I don't know how that exchange makes me feel. Does the head coach meet a minimum threshold of competence? Denver Broncos. If you name the head coach of the Denver Broncos, I'll give you $100 right here, right now. <laughs> uh, no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. He's a guy who okay. I, I, I believe he, Gary Kubiak. Ah, see, that's where I got you. Gary Kubiak is the former coach ah. of the Denver Broncos. So Gary Kubiak resigned over uh, at the end of last season, citing right, he kept health having concerns. Heart attacks, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to make light of any serious health issues. So we're we're <laughs> I'm all on. A, I'm asking a question. I wasn't. My Mark, tone was not mocking. He, I'm on Team Kubiak here. I know you <laughs> make light of human life, but I do not do that. Detroit Lions. I mean, he also hired someone named Jim Bob Cooter, <laughs> which is some. Poor don't judgment. judge a book by its cover. You know, I always thought that was a stupid saying. That's like what you judge books by. You know how much information you get from the cover of a book? Uh, the author, what art they chose, the, the number of pages in it. Wait, so, so a better way to pick books would be to walk into a bookstore and have books without covers. It's just words. I have to walk in and read like 20 pages to know if I like a book. Yeah. Well, I think the better way is to go to goodreads.com, also a sponsor of the podcast, and put in the books you have read, and then they recommend other books. Yeah, which I'm going to then pick by the cover. I'm going to look and say, oh, that cover art looks interesting. Look, I'm going to read the back of the jacket. The back of the, the, back of the cover has a, has a ton of information on it. All right. This is stupid. Joe, what do you rank? I, I'm just going to say judging a book by, by its cover is not the worst way to judge a book. Philadelphia Eagles. I would just say this, this coach seems competent, though I'm not super excited about it. Wouldn't necessarily say that uh, it is any reason to root for the Eagles. But let's just say uh, six and a half out of ten. Six higher than Jason Garrett? Wait, 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 wait. What did Jason Garrett get? Jason Garrett got six out of... We just did this Ooh. an hour ago. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Let me revise that a little bit then. Let's say a five and a half then. Are you saying these rankings might not be scientific, Joe? No. I mean, look, that's why we have you here to check me. I think that's, uh, you know, you know, this is great. We're calibrating on the spot. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I do worry a little bit that I think, you know, having a coach that has a distinct style of play that is not great at adapting that style of play to the personnel that they have is a little bit worrisome, especially because, like, I think there is a tendency for the league to figure coaches out. And unless the coach can adapt to what the league figures out about them, they can have trouble sustaining success. I mean, if you think about Chip Kelly was actually successful for a little while before he wasn't. So... This is not Chip Kelly here. His record is 41, 22, and 1. He's coached right, right, 60 right. games. Look, look, look. It doesn't matter because the question is about competence. Obviously, he's competent. What did I, I give uh, Jay Gruden last week? A 7 out of 10. That seems pretty high. I know. I, when you did it, I said it was high. By the way, wow. I would trade Gruden for Bruce Arians in a split second. Okay. What did I give Pete Carroll? You gave Pete Carroll a 9.5. Okay. Okay. You gave Marvin Lewis a seven and a half. <laughs> you've been really, you've been dishing out scores for this that are potentially undeserved. I think this is totally consistent and fair. All right, uh, Bruce Arians will give him an eight out of ten. Eight of ten. You're just 
You just are biased just because you don't watch the games. Wait, I totally threaded that needle. Last year, he was Roto World's third oh, okay. best. Wait, wait, wait. This year, he's their fifth best. So what your you argument want? is that I should put him tied with Pete Carroll. Fine, Dan. No, Fine. no. I don't think Fine. he should be. I he's think better he should than be Pete below Carroll. Pete Carroll. No. Pete Carroll's I nine and a an half. Eight. I think he should be eight and a half or nine. No, it's an eight. Dan, All right. absolutely not. Whatever. Whatever, Joe. If you want to take your anti-Southwest bias and just uh, apply it across all the categories, it's, your, it's up to you. You're picking Dan, the you're team. So, you're so argumentative tonight. This is like you're like, uh, are you trying to skip Bayless this podcast? <laughs> well, we've got to juice up the, the numbers. So get some <laughs> controversy so people write in some emails. Chicago Bears. Ranked 18 on the Roto World Index. He brought some... St- <laughs> He doesn't actually name who the coach is, and I don't know who it is. Lovey so. Smith. Is it still? No. Lovey Smith was a coach in 2006. There's no way he's still the coach. Ranked 18 on the Roto World Index, he has brought some stability to the Bears after some awful coaches, but has underperformed. Roto World basically thinks he's the new Jeff Fisher. My dad, the Bears fan, gave him a five and a half. <laughs> there, that's our data. I don't know who it is. Sean's dad is a Bears fan. That's interesting. Oh, wow. That's right. The son has has gone pick the rival. Especially knowing that Sean is neither from Chicago or... Well, he might be from Chicago. He didn't say where he was like originally from. But is but certainly is not from Green Bay. He made well, he clear. does have quite a knowledge of Chicago based on number six. Okay. So maybe there's some family tied to Chicago. Uh, nonetheless... We're going to have to go with Sean's dad on this one. Five and a half. Five and a half. All right. Super fan Sean gives him a two and I don't a even, half. I don't even know. We, we don't even know who we're talking about. <laughs> this is, I mean, we are going to get, look, I've now done these Reddit posts enough to know the things that that really rankle these fans and not knowing the name of the head coach is going to be a problem. How could super fan Sean not put the name in the research? Like, come on. Well, you told him to be concise, Dan. Well, the name of the coach is pretty important. <laughs> Look, can I just want to apologize to all the Bears Reddit fans listening I to mean, this? I mean, the Bears were irrelevant last year. I'm, I'm trying to think of like Dan, a game. Dan, Dan, Did they Dan, play on don't, Thanksgiving? Don't insult them. I'm trying to butter their bread a little bit. No, they Look, they know what they are. New York Giants. Joe, who's the head coach of the New York football Giants? Tom Coughlin. No. Good guess, though. Kevin Gilbright. No. Ben McAdoo. That's not a real name. So Tom Coughlin, I think either fired. I think he was fired or he resigned or something. He was like in his 80s, so he may have just (laughs) quietly died in the corner. Joe. How old is Tom Coughlin? Later in this doubleheader, we're actually going to talk about the oldest head coach in the NFL. Although he almost looks like one of the younger ones in the NFL, so it's hard to say. Age is just a number, Joe. And Tom Coughlin is happily alive and well. But Ben McAdoo wrote a world out of the 24 non-rookie head coaches. They ranked him 22nd. Rarely will an 11-5 coaching debut be less impressive. Ben McAdoo is an offensive mind, yet his offense only scored 32 touchdowns in 2016, third fewest in the league. McAdoo could not scheme Eli Manning out of a season-long slump, and the running game was non-existent. There were bright spots. Namely, by not firing the defensive quarter, Steve Spagnuolo, who was great. And, you know, they had the second-ranked defense. So his greatest accomplishment is not firing the more competent <laughs> defensive coordinator who works for him. It's become the biggest pet peeve of mine, these uh, offensive gurus or defensive geniuses 
who then, when they're the head coach, have a bad offense or a bad defense. It's very yeah. frustrating. I don't like this McAdoo character. I'm starting the bring back Tom Coughlin <laughs> chance. <laughs> It's going to be weekend at Bernie style. We're going to prop up his, his dead body. <laughs> no, he's uh, alive and well. Yeah, we'll see about that. Do the players get in trouble with the law? Minnesota Vikings. Well, you know the problem. You know the problem real quick with the sex boat thing, just before we move on to the player highlight, which I'm going to guess what that is. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, the problem with the sex boat thing is they're in a boat in a lake. So there's no, they can't go out to international waters. Yeah. <laughs> that would have solved every problem that they had. Wait, but what if the lake were like half in Minnesota and half in Canada? Then they can just go. Yes. And then who owns the lake, Joe? Well, and you know, you know, on that, on a map, you, you, you see like a, like a red line dividing it. If you can get your boat right on where that line is, you're technically in neither place. And that's the international waters version of, of a lake. Yeah. Or you could just keep going back and forth. Like if one side is trying to bust you, both countries have to coordinate. And with the way we're treating our allies right now, I just don't see that happening. New England Patriots. Basically every team that lost to the Patriots had to wonder, were they stealing our plays? As aggrieved as I felt, I also couldn't help but feel at the time like, well, why the fuck isn't my team doing this? Like no. there is a sense every time the Patriots do something wrong of, yeah, that that's really messed up. But man, I wish that my team was so committed to winning that they were just breaking and bending every rule. And probably if this is the shit that we know the Patriots did, there's probably like a, like 90% of it that we don't know that they did to try and gain an advantage. And you kind of want your team doing that so no 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 it's easy to refute okay you could argue that like bill romanowski would always be like you know he was like an insane person he would be like i'd get into a pile up with players and i just grab somebody's finger and just break it in half because it's like yeah. that's an advantage for my team yeah no there's got to be some decorum in the league to maintain a like fair thing you know it's not like in the nfl draft you know you have like 10 minutes to get your picks in and like other teams aren't like physically like assaulting the other team so they can't get their pick in so they can like move up a spot have some decorum this shouldn't encourage this cheating like it's a simple system let people make their defensive calls so we can play a fucking fair game i don't yeah, want my team doing it i want my team playing within the rules if i were a charger fan and there were a player in the draft that we wanted and we knew that the broncos were picking right before us we're going to take him and then as they walked to the stage tom tom telesco tackled <laughs> tackled the Broncos GM before he could bring up the envelope. Unplug I'd be like the phone. I'd be like, fuck yes. That's awesome. Or like scramble it so when they pick up the phone to put in the pick, you just have like a decoy person who's like, hello, NFL draft here. Oh yes, you're selecting that person. Excellent. Great pick. We'll make sure to get it in right now. <laughs> oh, Roger is walking to the stage right now. Yes. So the Patriots cheating, I mean I will grant it is worse than like, oh, it's a, it's, it's the sort of like bending of the rules, like cute type of cheating that like, oh, you know, they put like some sticky shit on their gloves or whatever. Like it, yeah, it's yeah. beyond like the bending of the rules, but it still to me falls within the category of, you know, they're not like bribing refs. They're not shaving points. They're doing things that you kind of still wish your team did. 
Um, oh, but, you know, this is why it's Joe picks a team and not me. But, you know, you're, but, that's what you want. That's what you can have. Also, their team has a convicted murderer on it. Well, I mean, to that point, to the point that we usually judge teams on is how they deal with this. The one thing that I'll say about the Patriots that is a pretty good thing in this category is they more or less treat every player as indispensable. Yeah. The one player they don't is Tom Brady. And even during the Deflategate thing, like how long did it take before Bill, Be- Bill Belichick was like, well, he probably did it. Go ask Tom. Like, you know, like, like they do not. You know, if Tom own. Brady murdered somebody, they would just get some other person on the team and be like, look, I know you're on the yeah. practice squad. You got to, you got to do this. The ball boy actually murdered, <laughs> murdered that person. <laughs> who was that? Who was that video coordinator guy? He did it. Matt Walsh. He's serial killer. Matt Walsh just yeah. killed everyone. New York Giants. You know, the Giants organization released a statement. Josh Brown is getting treatment for his problems. But at the same time, he's lying, just knowing what he knows about what he did. Right. The statements he made and the Giants' reaction to it. I mean, look, you're the one who scores this, Joe. But that that's the facts. No, it's 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 disgusting. And it's also like, I mean, and this has nothing to do with the Giants. But like, what the hell is wrong with the NFL that they can't treat domestic violence appropriately as they do other crimes or other infractions that there are longer suspensions for players who smoke weed or who like allegedly deflate balls yeah then for someone who says those things and has documented domestic violence it's just it's stupid and like oh like did he make it back in time for the game where he was kicking his field goals with pink shoes on like like yeah like it's just it's just total fucking bullshit you know, when the people get the four game ones for marijuana, they're always like, oh, I'm so sorry to all my fans. I let everybody down. <laughs> it's like, no, you did nothing wrong. Like you should be you have pain issues. Let smoke marijuana for fuck's sake. And for a reminder for people or for first time listeners, this category is really all about getting a sense for how this team might handle incidents in the future and contrasting this with talking about Atlanta last week. And how immediate and strong their reaction was to Vic, coupled with the fact that this was the star franchise quarterback. And this is how the Giants are handling a kicker. The most replaceable position in the NFL. I mean, kickers get replaced when they like miss three kicks in a row and they're like, we got to get somebody new in here. Right. It says a lot about them. And, you know, you worry, okay, so if this were a star, if this were Eli Manning, who obviously now has his own weird scandal going on. How much more would they have tolerated? How much, how much louder would the outcry have had to be for them to actually act on it? So yeah, this is terrible. Zero out of 10. Oof. I think it's fair though. They, they joined the Broncos. Zero out of 10. And that's zero out of 10 without even having a keep to leave on there. <laughs> I know. It's pretty impressive. Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Oh wait, I even put that in the wrong one. Wait, what did you give for the last one? Oh, I skipped one. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. Rewind. We're keeping people on their toes. Go back. <laughs> Damn, come on. We got to be quick. Hurry up. <laughs> okay. Going back to number four. Is the team evil? The London Jaguars are not an evil team. They may be an idiotic team, however. Here are a few examples. Defensive end Dante Fowler was arrested this summer for criminal mischief after getting into a confrontation with a man who made a comment about his driving. An arrest report says Fowler exchanged words with the man before knocking his glasses off. Fowler stepped on them before taking a grocery bag, which included liquor from the man, and tossing it into a lake. Man, that's brutal. 
Uh, Dwayne Gratz was arrested for intoxication in 2014 after entering a shop and trying to buy his goods using using bubble gum instead of money. Is she <laughs> super best just making these up? Why would that work? <laughs> bubble gum's worth like five cents. In 2001, Stacy Mack, uh, that's going back a little far, was caught offering an undercover police officer $15 for a blowjob. That's a good deal. Uh, the team did not punish any of the players. So there you go. That's the police report. All right. It seems like minor. I'm I'm really, if we had more time on this podcast, I'd want to dig into the bubblegum payment incident. Was it like, did he have like a crate of bubblegum? He's like, look, this thing is worth $50. Will you trade it for, for something, you know? Yeah, it doesn't make sense because if he like, goes in there, and I understand he's like reaching his pocket and he's drunk and he finds something and he's like, here, take this. It seems like the cashier would go, excuse no. me, sir, that's gum. Yeah, you've, that's you've tried not- to give me a stick of Trident. I need actual U.S. No, like, currency. What is he going to do? Look at it and be like, no, this is money. He's going to look at like when you're drunk, you don't mistake gum for money. You might think it was it when you, you know, feeling in your pocket when you look at it. I mean, maybe if you're on LSD, you would think it was money. You know how they have like bubblegum cigarettes? Maybe they have bubblegum like f- counterfeit dollar bills that we've never seen before. But it's not going like to feel toy. like cloth paper. It's going to yeah, feel but like if you're gum. drunk and if it's shaped like money and if it like like coins, maybe. But you Joe, like you and coins? I have both been drunk many times. This isn't like what happens when you're drunk. But maybe. OK. OK. Just just to be fair, maybe it was like, OK, they have those Mentos gum that are round. And maybe it was something cheap that he was buying. He thought that it was like one of those Sacagawea coins. <laughs> but still, you would look down at it. I mean, that makes sense when he pulls it out of his head. Okay, so maybe what happens is he, you know, he he's buying, I guess he's not going to buy say, more gum. He's going to be, be buying a soda okay, you're or buying something. gum. And, and say, that would be two Sacagaweas, please. Yeah, the $2. And he reaches right. in, pulls yeah. out the Mentos. The Mento gum, yeah. Puts them on the table. And then yeah. says, all right, I've, I've done the transaction. And maybe what happens is he just is He just walks out. Yeah, he, he walks thinks out. he's completed the transaction. And maybe he's being a nice guy. And he's like, keep the change. Yeah. Keep the change. Yeah. And then the guy's like, sir, this is gum. And he doesn't hear it. You know, he's gone. Or he's already, maybe he purchased something loud. You know, he's opening the soda and it's fizzing or something. Yep. 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 Yeah. I, yep. Frankly, that's a, I don't even think that's a crime. Houston Texans. Okay. Past five years. Bottom third, middle third, top third. I have zero concept of this, so I'm going to say middle third. Okay. Joe, you are dead wrong again. And you know what? We're going to start getting some time back right now because the Houston Texans are number one in the least number of incidents in the past five years. Tied tied with your San Diego Chargers. And if you look over in the history of the crime blotter, they have the least number of incidents of any team. And it's like... Has Akeem Tlaib ever played for Houston? No, he has not. Has he ever visited Houston? Uh, maybe. Has he ever I, brought a gun to well, a nightclub? Wait, when he Houston? shot himself, I, it was somewhere in Texas, <laughs> but I don't think it was oh, Houston. Oh, my God. Chicago Bears. The Bears have the seventh most arrests in the NFL since 2000, but seem to have a pretty low tolerance for it. Defensive tackle Ray McDonald was charged with assaulting a woman while holding a baby. He was released the next day. They haven't seen wait, any... Wait, 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 pause. Was she holding a baby or was he holding a baby? <laughs> Read that again. Ray McDonald was charged with assaulting a woman while holding a baby. Yeah, it's... Um, so I assume that he was holding the baby and was, like, assaulting her with the other arm. Joe, uh, this is only okay because you, like, have babies, so 
you deal with doing things in life while holding a baby, but that, that's that's inappropriate. I can do a lot one-handed. Released, <laughs> released the next day. They haven't seen any big-name players have a lot of issues other than Brandon Marshall, who was never convicted. Hard to tell. And then he says the score he gives it, which I will not say. What did Brandon Marshall not get convicted for? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you could say that about most people. <laughs> Dan Birkin. Oh, I won't say your last name. Let's see that back. Dan has not been convicted. Do people who are listening know who I am? Okay. Well, anyway. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Birkin. Denver Broncos. Now, this crime, we're going to get to play a little choose-your-own-adventure with this to see what this man did. So Perfect. this is okay. John <laughs> okay. Boyette, who is also a safety, but unlike the past two safeties, which uh, played for many years, uh, this guy was just on the practice squad, never saw the field, uh, and was released from the team after this incident. Uh, after leaving a bar where he got drunk, he headbutted a cab driver, <laughs> then <laughs> fled the scene and ran to a nearby construction site where he stole a shovel. And then, after stealing the shovel, he proceeded to... I'm going to give you three options. You tell me which one <laughs> okay, he did. Okay. Choose your own adventure. Okay. He, A, uh, ran after the cab, brandishing the shovel. Mm-hmm. B, okay. used the shovel to defend himself against the police. Or C, used the shovel to cover himself in mulch. Oh, interesting. I mean, <laughs> what I would do... I think it's the mulch. That makes the most sense. Yeah, you're not trying to fight. You're not trying to, you know, hit a cop with a shovel. You're just trying to hide. You grab the shovel, cover yourself in mulch, and just lay low for like an hour. Absolutely. That is correct. He just told the shovel. Talk about a crime that I support. And did not work. He was caught (laughs) and busted and released from the team. And I I believe that actually ran him out of the NFL. I think now he he played in the uh, Canadian Football League. I I was expecting that maybe he was going to just like start to pretend like he was a construction worker on that site in order to get away from the cops. Well, I think he was very drunk and <laughs> it was also in the middle of the night. So it might have been a tough sell. Joe doesn't want to root for a team that Rob roots for. Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, real quick, Dan. Just to defend my my can't root for a team that Rob roots for a ranking, because I know that this has gotten some flack. People say this is too personal. We don't know Rob. We can't relate to this. I would just say, uh, you know, you don't have to think about Rob specifically. Rob is a type. And I think every friend group has a Rob in it. It has that guy that you like, you invite to places, uh, but is also kind of a dick. And I want people who are listening to think about the Rob in their friend group and think if you actually would want to be high-fiving that person at a sports bar when your team scores. And I don't think you would. I don't think anyone wants that. And I would say, if you're thinking about your friend group and you can't think of a Rob in your friend group, then I would suggest that maybe you are the Rob of your friend group. Green Bay Packers. So Joe, what does Rob think about the Green Bay Packers? Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, judging by... (laughs) This beautiful Packer shirt I'm staring at right now. No, look, I mean, I think this whole category was invented with the Packers in mind. So I guess this is my question here, Rob. I've been making this ranking sort of under the assumption that I would hate rooting for a team that you root for. Mostly because I don't like agreeing with you. I generally find you distasteful. 
And I take pleasure when bad things happen to you in life and in sports. <laughs> so I guess my question is, can you disabuse me of that? What would it be like for me if I were to pick the Packers, which is still very much on the table. They've been doing okay, I think. If I were to pick the Packers, what would it be like for us to be co-Packer fans together? Well, I've been torn on this one for a while now. There is a small part of me that would enjoy having a good friend of mine rooting for the Green Bay Packers. I've had some ancillary friends that were Packers fans, but never a really good friend that I would watch football with somewhat regularly. So that is appealing to me. Um, But the fact that it would be you um, is really quite distasteful. Um, I can't imagine watching the Packers in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl, and watching you celebrate, and just, I can imagine the comments, how smug you are about, wow, we finally did it, I'm so excited, This I, it would just turn my stomach. So I'm actually pretty pleased with the fact that this is an automatic zero, just because I don't think I'll ever be able to get over the distaste of you gloating about the wins when you haven't been there. I think there that's very unfair, though, because I think you're being a little... I don't know, ageist in a way, where you're saying, oh, I've been a fan of this team for 25 years. I'm a truer fan than Joe is. I I think you should be more accepting of uh, the person that might want to root for the team. Well, let me just point out that I know Joe fairly well, and um, something that clearly uh, 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 superfan Yannick uh, from the last podcast um, does not know Joe as well, because he said that uh, he's appreciated that you guys are picking a team without being condescending about the Falcons. Um, Joe is nothing but condescending. And I know if the Packers won, he would go out of his way to be condescending and smug about being a fan at the right time. And it would be incredibly distasteful. You know, one of the things, this is actually an interesting twist. So, I mean, my assumption has been that I don't want to root for a team that Rob roots for. I don't want to give him that pleasure. But if Rob doesn't want me to root for his team, maybe that makes it more appealing for me to root for that team. Imagine if you won this, if the Green Bay won the Super Bowl, and you were like, "Yay, we did it, Rob! We did it! See, Rob, you're in the foot in the fantasy football draft. You're bidding up the and the Green Bay players. Oh yeah, I could. I'm bidding up the Green Bay. Maybe I could have like a Green Bay name for my team. Oh man, a Green Bay related. Oh my, this actually might be kind of fun. Uh, it all it all sounds horrible, Rob. I mean, this is the closest that you've ever gotten to convincing me to up a score. I mean, I mean, it's a zero out of 10. This is a zero out of 10. Ouch. But you have made me rethink this whole process. And maybe if the Packers make the Sweet 16, it will actually come back to benefit them that maybe rooting for them will actually cause you more pain than pleasure. New Orleans Saints. So the fan poll question for last week was, is Rob a dick? And, and Dan, you should be clear. This is just a super fan poll in our secret super fan section. That's true. It is just in the Superfan Lounge, and well, there's actually a good email about that, but I think that's it. You know, we've we've revealed it in the last two episodes. I shouldn't even if, say that. I shouldn't even say if that. If you want to be a Superfan, go back and listen to the catalog, yeah, and you it's can be done. a Superfan, the, too. The book on that is closed, unless you want to give them one more chance, Joe. <sighs> All right. Look, one more chance. This, this is, is it. it. Last chance. No more chances after this. Okay, this is it. JoePicksPod.com slash Secret Lounge, but only for VIP fans. You can only go there if you happen to have listened to an episode prior to the last two episodes, and then you're now listening to this one. I mean, there are spoilers there. So really, we're doing you a favor by telling you not to go there. Yeah, don't go there. But 
If you are a super fan, do go there and vote on the fan poll, which many of you did. We broke all voting records this week for Is Rabadek. The final results, 62% say yes, 29% say no, and 10% say not enough information. And yes, those numbers don't add up to 100%, so I don't know what janky-ass whole <laughs> software I'm using, but yeah. So the majority say yes, but there is a sizable contingent. And I was sort of watching this as it was going on. It started off like all yes, and then there was definitely a wave of no's towards the end there. So 30% say no, 10% undecided, essentially. Look, I'll take it. A huge majority agree with me that Rob's a dick. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, overwhelming majority. It I is, feel like it's, it's a victory. It's a safe district. That's a blue district. Cincinnati Bengals. Number five, everybody's favorite category. Can't root for a team that Rob roots for. So what does Rob think about the Cincinnati Bengals? So Rob rates the Bengals very middle of the road, his 19th favorite team. So a little bit towards the bottom, but uh, pretty much right in the middle. Uh, but when asked, Rob said, no one wants to like the Bengals. Even people who live in Cincinnati don't want to root for the Bengals. Obviously, that's not true with Tony. But if you want to root for a team, this is uh, this is to our to our last category. If you want to root for a team that picks up every fuck up in the league and lets them keep fucking up, then good for you. So this is an interesting one where Rob's comments are, you know, he doesn't like the team for the reason that you rated it low, but because he doesn't like them, that means you have to rate it high. (laughs) I don't see any problem with that. Is this a city that Joe would like to visit to go to a game? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the biggest amusement by far, Bush Gardens. Big amusement park. Mm. Gotta go there. I've never been there, but I've been to an amusement park. But I'm sure, I think Bush Gardens is, is probably big and amazing. And number two, the Sunshine Skyway Bridge is their number two exhibition or attraction. And it, it does look like a really beautiful bridge. It's kind of got a weird thing where it's very low for a while. And then it has a huge sort of hill in the middle to create the... Um, place for ships to go under um i i mean i normally if i didn't live near the most iconic bridge probably in the world uh i would rate it higher but it it's no golden gate bridge i'll say but people seem to like it are you looking at a picture of it i am i'm looking at it right now yeah it's kind of a cool looking bridge it's a big attraction you can go there you can go up the bridge you can look over the side go fishing apparently but i mean like I don't know. Going to a city to see a bridge, like what are you going to do? Look at the bridge? Like yes, I feel people like gotten... do look at this as a number two attraction. Yeah, you can go over the bridge. You can go under the bridge. I have just looked at some pretty bridge pictures on Google Images, and I feel like I've gotten the full bridge experience right now. <laughs> In or those are the two attractions. Well, the rest of it, is, the rest of it's pretty simple. They had the wild cats. Uh, I think their zoo is better than most. It's like the wild cat sanctuary. You know, it looked interesting, but I don't think you're going to Tampa Bay if you're looking for uh, high culture. And is this stadium actually in Tampa Bay? I mean, Tampa Bay is sort of like a giant. I, I'm, it may or may not be in Tampa, but it's I'm sure it's in the, the Tampa Bay metropolitan area. It's a beautiful looking bay. Yeah, I like bays. Bays are nice. Um, they're, you know, in my like top top five of different 
forms of water inlets. <laughs> so, uh, so how's that going for it? But where uh, were look, fjords on that list? <laughs> definitely higher than five. Houston Texans. Anyways, second place. So Houston's based on already top 10 place on TripAdvisor. Great, you Ooh, know, just yeah. place American history was there, American icon. Second place, this was such a unique place and it was also in the TripAdvisor top 10. I had to highlight it. The National Museum of Funeral History. <laughs> I've taken a sample uh, blurb from one of the TripAdvisor reviews of this just to get a feel. Super highly rated. I visited the National Museum of Funeral History with a group of senior citizens in March of 2017. Oh, why would you go there with old people? That's like no. rubbing it in. No, they want to go there. <laughs> no, you're just you're just showing them their their bleak future. In no, like they want to go. They said it was a day trip, lots to see, plan at least two hours. The museum houses antique funeral hearses, buses, sleighs, and written information on the exhibits. My favorite area was the information and equipment used for embalming. The video presentation on embalming is a must-see. I plan wow. to go again. I recommend those interested in the history of funerals go to this museum. Go again, go, Joe, to watch the embalming video. Going to a funeral museum with a middle-aged person is like a nice sightseeing trip. Going with an old person is like window shopping. Atlanta Falcons. I've been to Atlanta. You've been there. When? I've been to Atlanta like maybe a year ago for work. The downtown was very interesting. I don't know if this was just where I was staying. 80% of the buildings were connected by like sky bridges. 80% of the buildings? At least in like the, the immediate vicinity of so my hotel. So you can just go in one building and you can just go into every building. You could never leave. It was like living in the future. Wow. I didn't see that on TripAdvisor. <laughs> People weren't talking about it all being one building. They didn't talk about the uh, bridges. I mean, Falcons. Falcons fans, please, you know, explain the building. I mean, at the time I thought, well, you know. It's in the south. It must get very humid yeah. in oh, the summer. Absolutely. And how grateful would you be for like, oh, my God, I can just traverse these buildings in a Spider-Man-esque fashion. Okay. Well, we'll see if you went to any of these places that I've highlighted, Joe. Gone to the TripAdvisor, of course. We'll start with... Is the downtown Hilton Conference Center on the TripAdvisor? I mean, it might be, but... <laughs> okay. I, I did not highlight it. I highlighted places that I thought would be interesting and relevant for you, Joe. Let's hear it. Start us off. The CNN studio tour. Wow. Joe, you love news. Absolutely. Uh, one of the reviews. I, I would love to pose with a Wolf Blitzer wax doll. Yeah, I don't if know. that is there. It might be. The review said, this is definitely a touristy thing to do. The tour was cool as it showed how a news network operates. When seeing what goes into this, I can definitely say this is not a fake news network. Wow, that's a, a real topical, topical so review. If every single person in America went on the CNN studio tour, they could sort of regain their uh, credibility. Yeah. yeah, Trump needs to go on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I love that. Okay, number two, the Georgia Aquarium. We always highlight aquariums, but the Georgia Aquarium, when I researched... Which, I mean, for a landlocked locked city... Is Georgia landlocked? I mean, what, what body of water would Georgia be next to? The Atlantic Ocean? Hmm. What, you went there? Did you see the ocean? No, I didn't see any ocean, but I, I was not looking either. Okay, well, the ocean is something you sort of just see. Anyways, Georgia Aquarium, when I looked at the USA Today ranking of top aquariums in the country, it was the number two aquarium in the country and the number one aquarium when uh, sorting by NFL cities. It was only behind the Monterey Bay Aquarium, which no NFL teams anywhere near that. 
So the Georgia Aquarium also is the largest aquarium in the world, Joe. And its claim to fame, which I think is really cool, is it has the only whale sharks on display in the United States. The largest fish in the world, which is pretty cool. So just a little geography fact here. Neither the state of Georgia or the Republic of Georgia are landlocked. But Atlanta is not next to a body of water. Wait, what, what? of course the state's not landlocked. Well, it's right up against the coast. Yeah, I'm just saying Atlanta is pretty far away from the ocean. Is there like a river that goes to it? No. There's no river? No. How do they get stuff in and out? Well, roads probably. No, that's not how they did stuff in the olden days. Atlanta fans, write us in. No, there's a little... How do they get stuff to Atlanta? Oh, actually, right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's surprising. Minnesota Vikings. Number four is the Guthrie Theater. I don't know anything about it. Number five is the Chain of Lakes, which I assume has something to do with lakes. Number six is Lake Harriet, which is a lake. And number seven is Lake Calhoun, which is also a lake. So if you're looking for lakes... Eight of the top ten are lakes, (laughs) right? I mean, let's just... It's actually the first... Of the first 10,000, like 9,954 of them are just the listing of the various lakes ranked. I mean, Dan, I think I'm about to throw down a pretty hot take. I don't care for lakes. <laughs> I'm not a lake guy. What, I don't think I don't think it's a hot take on the uh, spice meter. Uh, that's like uh, that's like a jalapeno take. That's of yeah, but not but not like a ghost pepper take. Oh, it's not even close to a ghost pepper take. If I think of my favorite bodies of water, I think I prefer rivers. The ocean, yeah. bays, yeah. fjords, yeah. all to lakes. Isn't a fjord a type of bay? Well, yeah, but it's distinct enough that it gets its own category. And I like saying yeah. fjord. Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, okay, number three. Speaking of positive things, the number three place to visit in Cincinnati is a cemetery. The Spring Grove Cemetery what? Arboreum. Ar- Arboretum. That's actually and, right by my house. Arboretum. That's actually right by my house. Uh, and... Uh, you know, it's like a walking path where, like, it's, I think, the second largest uh, cemetery in the United States. Uh, the largest one is in, in New York. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's like a path, and a lot of people walk and, and run. And as long as you can get over the fact that there, it, it is a cemetery, um, it's a very beautiful place. I mean, that, that's, sort of, that's sort of a sad state that the third best place to be in Cincinnati is dead. Carolina Panthers. And we pull up the old TripAdvisor. And what is the number one place to go to in Charlotte, North Carolina? The Botanical Gardens. Nope. The Billy Graham Library. Designed to reflect Billy Graham's journey from a humble farm boy to an international ambassador of God's love. So That sounds terrible. (laughs) I've picked out a select few reviews. (laughs) Now... (laughs) I did not go for the five-star reviews or the four-star or the three-star and not even the two-star. I went down to the one-star reviews and picked out a couple. I think these might be what you would experience if you went to the Billy Graham Library. One-star review entitled, quote, I suffered. (laughs) (laughs) I am not a religious believer. I went there simply because I heard of his name and it is free to visit. I thought I knew what library means, but I'm getting confused after this tour. 
The tour was basically listening to one video in a closed room and followed by another video in another closed room and then another video in another closed room. Each time, I was told that the door would automatically open after the video is finished, so I waited at the door. So I waited for the door to open at the beginning of each video. I can only say I suffered. (laughs) Wait, so you're trapped in there watching the video? (laughs) It's like a biblical parable. I suffered. All right. Here's the other review, which which, uh, expands on what we expect to see. The building and the grounds were wonderful. Superbly manicured lawns and garden. The visit was free, which is good because I would not have paid for it otherwise. <laughs> they have an animatronic cow that greets you on the first part of the tour, tour in quotes. Oh, that's cool. Which is a premonition on how the tour will go. You then oh. go to a room that shows a 10-minute video, then another room with another 10-minute video, then about five more rooms with five more videos. They were all very well done, except that you cannot escape. If you open the door to leave, oh you God. just go to the next room. And you flood the room with light so it disrupts every one of the brainwashing victims. The whole experience made me feel like a cow trapped on the way to the slaughterhouse going through all the gates. The main takeaway I got from this was if you're going to dedicate yourself to God and you play your cards right, there is an untold fortune and prestige for you. You get your own library to immortalize you uh, forever. I will say it was worth the experience and made me want to go into religion as a career. Oakland Raiders. All right, number four, the botanical gardens at the Bellagio. <laughs> Fucking botanical gardens. You, are you kidding? No, I've definitely done this. You know, I think Every we've done it together. Every city. <laughs> because those botanical gardens, I think, are right next to, like, the buffet area. I think Wait, you no, can just, like, walk the glass, through it. The glass thing? I don't know. What What glass thing? Yeah. No, oh, yeah. No, no, no. I've not done... the glass thing. Oh, the botanical yeah, yeah. gardens. Yes. Yeah. In fact, my friend Alex's fiance fell into the fountain there oh wow all right I mean, there you go she's his wife now but yeah no all right <laughs> congratulations number five is shooting range mm, no Mm-mm. and number six joe a place i'm sure you've been to the strip <laughs> that's all the way down on number six that's number six so the botanical gardens on the strip are higher than the actual entire strip which include the botanical gardens yeah, but that you could say then Las Vegas, the city, should be number one because everything's in it. No, but I'm saying that if you're going to put something on the list, you can't have the subset thing that's within that thing higher on the list. Yeah, I don't know, Joe. We don't have time for this this existential crisis. Okay, but wouldn't crisis. it be weird if like number three was oh like this certain cactus inside of the botanical gardens, and then number six was the botanical gardens. But well, well, maybe. What if the botanical gardens are huge and it's like that cactus is really awesome, but the rest of the botanical gardens are like <laughs> blah. But the botanical gardens are part of the greater, or the cactus is part of the greater botanical garden experience. Yeah, but it's like I've been to that place. There's some place in Seattle that has the room with all the butterflies in it, but then the rest of the place is like pretty boring. That butterfly room is awesome, but the whole rest of the place, the the average of the place is much lower than that one room inside of it. But that's not true of the entire Las Vegas Strip. I think the Botanical Gardens at Bellagio is better than the average of the Vegas Strip. I mean, first of all, the average of the Strip is sidewalks where it's 100 fucking degrees. But it can't be better than the entirety of the Strip because the Strip includes the Botanical Gardens. 
but it can be better than the average of it. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Okay, so 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 this is top 10 places to visit. So you have a travel agent who says, hey, I'm going to give you, Dan, a free trip to Vegas. There's, there's, a, there's a rule, though. You can only go to one place on this list. Would you rather go to the Botanical Gardens or would you rather go to the entire strip, which I should mention includes the Botanical Gardens? Well, the which thing would you is rather do? This, well, no, no, no. Just answer the question. Which would you rather do? The strip itself is a road that goes down with a bunch of casinos on the side of it. I would rather go in a casino <laughs> so I could gamble. No, no, but, but the strip... <laughs> Dan, clearly the answer is you would pick the entire strip because it includes the Botanical Gardens. All right. Can you just give this a score, Joe? We do not have time for this. (laughs) Nine out of ten. Does the team have a player or players that Joe could put on his fantasy roster? Carolina Panthers. Well, I mean, McCaffrey and Woodhead have a lot in common. They're white... They're shifty. They're smart. Wow. <laughs> Smarmy and shifty. I think McCaffrey is the son <laughs> of another former NFL player. I think his dad, Ed McCaffrey, was like a, a famous NFL player. And the son, Christian McCaffrey, is, uh, you know, this really good guy that in, well, whatever. We'll get into them in the fantasy section. I mean, a shifty running back who goes in the top 10 of the draft. That has Joe Mizrahi spending way too much in a fantasy draft written all over it. Well, once we get to the fantasy, we'll see what the uh, what the average draft value is for uh, this Danny Woodhead. It's not Danny Woodhead light. It's like Danny Woodhead like Young. good. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that my fantasy roster is gonna be this guy and Antonio Brown, and then a bunch of one dollar players. <laughs> <laughs> you got another another great. Well, the problem is now you're talking about your strategy. And the of the fifteen people listening, all fifteen are in the fantasy league. <laughs> Scratch that. Yeah, you don't want. I don't want. I don't want the scrub. Atlanta Falcons. The thing is, I feel like Matt Ryan for like the last five years has always been like the tenth quarterback off the board, and it's always like you sort of know, you know what why? you're gonna get with Matt Ryan. Do you know why? Is there any player, potentially person alive, more boring than Matt Ryan? <laughs> Like, you know how much more I would like him if he were like, if we found out that he was like a like extreme sexual deviant, like who had these like weird perversions all within the realm of like legality, of course. But like, I would become the biggest Matt Ryan. There's nothing. Is that, is that how you define somebody who's interesting, Joe? It'd be something. What if he was like a novelist or something? Or he had some other hidden talent? Like, what if he was like the best musician? Wait, I just listed one potential thing. I'm not saying that's the only thing. But you picked one that is very unlikely to come out publicly, whereas other ones, who knows what he does? Who knows what his favorite hobbies are? All I'm saying. What do you think his favorite hobbies are? What are like boring nothing. hobbies? What he does is when the season's over, he has like a, a lazy boy chair in his house. He sits in it. And then like 20 weeks later, he's like, all right, let's ready to go. I'm, I'm in. If we found out, I'm not, I'm not making this accusation on the podcast. If we found out that he were a robot, would you be that surprised? Yes, I would be very surprised. I would not be. Okay. I would not be in the least. Because, you know, I thought his nickname was because he was clutch, was, which is like ridiculous because he hasn't been clutch. But apparently <laughs> his, his nickname was because he just really liked Natty Ice. And so they called him Matty Ice. I feel like rhyming nicknames you have to just take with a grain of salt. Is it that true or does it just rhyme and it sounds catchy? Baltimore Ravens. Number seven. Does the team have player players you can put on the fantasy roster? So as 
per requested superfan Sean. Or, so superfan Sean did all the rankings as he did last time. But then apparently he says as per requested, he went on to rate all the players' looks. I mean, I have no idea if you yes. mentioned that. <laughs> but superfan Sean said he... he was rating the looks himself but then his girlfriend came in and she was very interested in doing it so for every player on both the ravens and the chiefs i'm going to give you their fantasy outlook and their attractiveness from his girlfriend who and he was very upset that he wasn't invited to superfan tony's hawaiian wedding because apparently superfan sean lives in hawaii and his girlfriend is hawaiian and she is named kauoliko kalani and here, here we go. Quarterback, Joe Flacco. Didn't do too well in fantasy, and with a lack of major offensive transactions, I expect he'll have another mundane QB2 season. Not worth picking up unless you need a waiver wire QB. Update, Flacco is going to miss oh. three to six weeks, which might impact his ability during the beginning of the season as it will take longer to build relationships with his new wide receivers, but he should be ready for week one of the regular season, barring further injury or slow recovery time looks he looks like he has eyeliner on 24 7 he looks like someone who sings in an alternative band he looks like he has spent a lot of time on a yacht and wears flip-flops i don't know okay those seem like incompatible things <laughs> i really do i mean i think the uh common thing with joe flacco is he looks like uh what's that character what's that ernie yeah ernie and bert he looks like bert with his um eyebrows wide receiver mike wallace dude is good i followed his talents in the league as he went from steelers to the fins and now the ravens he's always been one that's fun to watch he finished last season as a number 25 wide receiver making him wide receiver two and will be battling for the number one wide receiver position with the newly acquired jeremy macklin but will probably win the spot due to having more experience with flacco i mean what difference does it make if he's going to be on the one field, or two right yeah, yeah. He, they're always going to be on the field anyways attractiveness I mean, in those, in those infamous one receiver sets that everyone runs in the NFL, <laughs> yeah. it makes a big difference now. Yeah. I mean, it does happen occasionally, but yeah. His forehead is very rectangular and he's got dad eyes. I do like his faux hawk. Yeah. What, are, hawk da- is what, are, what are dad eyes? That's just looking exhausted all the time? Yeah, I don't know. You, whatever your eyes are. <laughs> Jeremy Macklin. With Macklin's means, injury. It means that the, the, that the fire of life has escaped from them. <laughs> He's the owner of Monster. Houston Texans. Four out of ten. Okay. <laughs> I was worried you were going to go lower than no, that. No, I, this... I could have made it worse, but there's nothing that's like, no. look, you can be... I mean, you gave Jimmy Haslam, who's like under indictment for scamming thousands of truckers, a three. So <laughs> Yeah. So four is... Yeah, decent. I'm just saying, if you went lower than that, I would have some issues. I I, I think he's a, he's just sort of a yeah, I mean, old look, philanthropist, good guy. And, and also, like, I don't want to knock him too much for his political views because, like, look, you're a Texas oil billionaire. You'd have to be energy billionaire, falling pretty far from the tree to be like a liberal Democrat. Okay, I think I think he might. I think five might have been a better score. I think he's like the median. NFL owner. Well, when well when we do Dan picks an NFL team, you can give him a five. <laughs> I'm giving him a four. Minnesota Vikings hosts the Super Bowl in his stadium. Like, I, I mean, I think that's like in the owner party. Like, that's what you're making fun of the other owner. Right, right, right. I don't like how this went down. The racketeering makes it worse. <laughs> that's not. It's not a good look. 
I'll give Ziggy some extra Jew points, but this is a four out of 10. Four out of 10. That's a lot of Jew points. Wow. Two Jew All points. Right. It would have been two out of 10. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. His, his parents are Holocaust survivors. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I, look, Joe, it's your, you, you pick. You can give as many Jew points as you want. Look, you survived the Holocaust getting a stadium. It's a good deal. Yeah. Well, it's bad. Whatever. Washington Football Club. The point is, he's not a great business person. He's a terrible owner. It, every Washington fan, if you were talking about that thing where you could pick the, the people out of a hat, it wouldn't just be, you could literally put every person in America in the hat. I don't even care. <laughs> I would rather Donald Trump be the owner. Not not only would I rather Donald Trump be the owner, I would right now, like, it, he could still be president. I mean, I'm not even talking about that. Donald Trump would be 10 times better of an owner than Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder is the worst owner in professional sports, bar none. Dan, are we going to get sued? I, I don't care. Bring it on, Dan Snyder. Bring it on. By the way, you might be a little worried because I was reading articles that said Dan Snyder was very interested in acquiring a Premier League team. And guess which Premier League team he was interested in potentially acquiring? Oh, Tottenham's not for sale. Yeah. Well, that apparently apparently not. The problem is Tottenham in the past three or four years has gotten too expensive for him. But about three years ago, I read an article that said he was he'll, very he'll, interested he'll buy- He'll buy West Ham. Yeah. He said it was very interested in Tottenham, but he said the price was too high. And now, of course, the price has gone up way too much. All right. I'm going to pencil this in for a zero unless you want to get your first negative score, which I will not protest. Seattle Seahawks. It's interesting. So first of all, a couple things. Paul Allen actually owns a yacht that is bigger than a football field. That's correct. (laughs) It is 414 feet long. So, So he is... I mean, at what point do we just say he owns a small cruise ship? Like, where does yacht become? Well, you're I mean, a, his yacht you're a, has a submarine. <laughs> you're a nautical person. At what, like, what makes it a yacht? At a certain size, is it not just like an, a shipping vessel? If if a if a helicopter lands on it, when does it become an aircraft carrier? Like what, what are, are these, are these strictly size distinctions or are they about the shape or whatever? I guarantee you an aircraft carrier could eat his yacht and not give a fuck. An aircraft carrier have nuclear reactors on board. I'm sure his yacht does not. My boat is not a yacht. My boat is a piece of shit. So I think in order for it to be a yacht, you have to like go on it and it has to like, I think it has to, when you get on the boat, you have to like get on and be like, wow, this is nice. Los Angeles Rams. This last year was the first year in like 40 years that Tottenham finished above Arsenal. That they're like the worst kind of enemy because they're always slightly well, better. You should than have us. done it two years ago, but you blew it in those last like oh, three games up. or it, something. <laughs> it literally, the last game, whatever. Doesn't matter. It's terrible. It makes me hate them all the more. And I mean, here's like, it's an honest dilemma because. If I rooted for that team, literally any dollar that I gave to the Rams, Stan Kroenke could be like, oh, I'm going to spend this on Arsenal. Yeah. I would be indirectly or I, I would be directly supporting no, directly, Arsenal. yeah. I would have to offset every Rams dollar I spent. I'd have to just send money to Daniel Levy. 
with a Tata Hotspur. I can't. Can't I don't afford know how that, I Joe. That. that doubles the cost of everything. I don't know how I could do it. What did I give to your illustrious owner, Dan Snyder? You gave one Daniel Snyder a big fat zero. <sighs> okay. Stan Kroenke is not, as far as I know, an overt racist. So we're not going to give him a zero. And he does have a sort of like epic mustache, which I have to give some credit for. So does Khan in the last episode. Although you gave him a good score. I'm going to say half. Detroit Lions. I wonder if when Firestone and Ford marriage happened, if the Michelin family was like, God damn it. <laughs> they missed out. By the way, I'd like to note in terms of at asking if she's a monster, she's a 91-year-old woman. <laughs> wow. 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 So, so uh, <laughs> she's not going to be... Well, okay, I should assume anything. Yeah. Let's back that Joe? up. Joe? Yeah. No, she's fine. She's in great health, I'm sure. Being rich, you know, helps with that. Uh, yeah, Definitely. She doesn't sound like a monster. You know, she's super old at this point. Who's who's next in line? Just hypothetically, not 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 making any statement on her health. Uh, I'm not sure, Joe. I'm not sure what the the secession is. Well, would the lineage would it pass to the Firestone line or to the Ford line? Yeah, I don't know. Or the Targaryens, Joe. Yeah, there might be a lot of of claims to that uh, throne, so I'd be worried about it. New Orleans Saints. I'll just add one more thing about this, that as part of this controversy, the estranged daughter said her one of her complaints against the current wife was, under the apparent supervision of Gail, his current wife, the diet of Tom Benson has drastically deteriorated, with him rarely consuming nutritious meals, but instead for some reason subsisting on candy, ice cream, sodas, and red wine. That's how she got, that's how the current <laughs> wife gets to him. I mean... I mean, you know, he's 89. He just wants some red wine and an ice cream bar. And but what are you like, going to say? No. Eat your greens. Who? No, it's like, fuck you. I'm old. Great. Whoever brings me an ice cream bar gets the fucking New Orleans <laughs> get, Saints. You get the team. <laughs> Rate the uniform and the logo. Philadelphia Eagles. Or do you think, I haven't looked it up, or do you think they're the Eagles because if they just thought it was a nice name? It's also possible that Philadelphia has like a terrible eagle infestation. We don't know. I mean, no, I've been to Philadelphia. They do not have an eagle infestation. I think Alaska, if Anchorage had a team, I think they could definitely be the bald eagles. Oh, they'd be like the, the moose or the niece or whatever. No, I think they have more of a bald eagle problem. I've seen YouTube videos. It looks like they got a lot of eagles up there in Alaska. Yeah, we got some bald eagles here in Seattle. That's for sure. Look, I think uh, I I prefer land-based mammals as mascots, I think, are a little bit more intimidating. I also... Wait, is this not a land-based mammal? I guess it's a land-based bird. Yeah, it's not a mammal. And also, like, I think of birds as being more air-based than land. I mean, I guess they, they like walk around too, but like, you know, they fly. I mean, eagles are the sharks of the sky. Yeah, I mean, of the birds, like, look, if we could have a separate rating of birds, I would put eagle at or near the top. I don't know who would win in a fight, like an eagle or a falcon, but I think eagles are pretty. An eagle would absolutely beat any bird. I don't think they could catch a falcon, but an eagle, they're violent killers. You can really train falcons, though. So you could train a falcon to fight dirty. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you could really get in there and pull hair. 
No, no, they no. don't Try have to gouge hair. They're eyes. birds. No, no. An eagle. They're they're the falcon like can do the move killers. where the falcon An eagle move could where swoop like down into my holds, backyard right now and kill. Yeah, my but the falcon kittens. can do that thing where it like holds up its claw. Like, hold on, hold on, wait a second, and then it could go and attack. Falcons are very trainable. Wait, eagles are trainable too. I, they show that. How do they have those bald eagles yeah. at the stadiums? Look, I'm not saying eagles are bad. I'm saying a, a falcon, a well trained falcon, might win in a fight. All right, you're, you're insane. It's crazy. You're you're just letting your future biases about the Atlanta Falcons come in. I'm disgusted. All right. Look, I encourage all of our um, ornithologist listeners to to email in ornithology. I have no idea. I was, I was impressed that you would know that off the our top of your orn- head. I, there's no way that could be right. Our ornithology listeners to please mail in and settle this for us. I believe a well-trained falcon could win in a fight. Chicago Bears. I mean, I think they're just their own thing. They're they're more like a primate. They like stand up on their haunches. Well, my cats will do that too. This is interesting though. So most tigers, this is just one quick thing I I found, get up to eight hundred and fifty pounds in size, but a brown bear or a polar bear can get up to seventeen hundred pounds. Wow. Wow. What that's about a, a grizzly a, bear? That's a lot bigger. Because a grizzly bear is the one you're scared of as a human. Well, I think you should be scared of all of them as a human. Well, I think the rule is black bear, nothing to fear. Brown bear, make a lot of noise. Grizzly bear, you're in big, big trouble. It doesn't really rhyme, so that's probably not it. Minnesota Vikings. I like that the helmet isn't the logo. It's the horns. Yeah. It's a good helmet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I, um, I mean, it'd be badass if the helmet actually had real horns on it. Though that would (laughs) give them. cool. An unfair advantage, probably. Well, it might be a disadvantage. You yeah. grab the you horns like, and yank yeah. them down. Buffalo Bills. We have to make a correction. I remember, I mean, this is going to be a, a a real throwback for you, Dan. In our second episode, which was the Browns episode, you said that the Browns were the only NFL team that was owned after, or that was named after a person. Ah. Which now is not exactly true, right? I mean. It's true. It's true. You know what, Joe? I'll go back and edit in at that moment. Please, like, please do. This please is do. incorrect. See 30 episodes from now for the truth. What I what I like about the Buffalo Bills team name is it's the only team that actually like uses the city name as part of the team name. So like the part yeah. of it that's Bills doesn't make sense without the city. It further locks in the team into Buffalo because saying the San Diego Bills, but then having a Buffalo as their logo, it doesn't make sense. Well, that really saved the Houston Oilers, Joe. Fair point. Fair point. But think about it. There's no other team that actually uses the city as part of its like full name. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I like the Buffalo. I'm not sure what the red line on the Buffalo signifies. If you look at the logo, it's like, is it bleeding? Is it an injured Buffalo? I don't think they have an injured Buffalo. What's the red line then? Is it to signify the buffalo is running fast? Well, the buffalo appears to be jumping. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just to get the like red, white, and blue situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good, really good question. What is that giant weird red line doing there? What's the red line? Yeah. Because it really doesn't make sense at all. Unless it's like a speed line. Like, oh, this buffalo is running so fast. But why would the speed There's line a, be coming out of its eye as opposed to, like, its body? 
It's a good, that's, that's, that's a good follow-up question. Yeah. Boy, that is strange. Green Bay Packers. Let me also point out that it's uh, one of the only three teams that have green as a primary color, but unlike the Eagles and Jets, who white is a secondary color, right? There's a bright yellow, so it makes it very distinctive. But who would win in a fight, a meat packer or an eagle? <laughs> well, I think almost by definition, the meat packer. I think the real question is who would win in a fight, the meat packer or the falcon, since that's the top of the orno- ornithological food chain in the NFL. I mean, definitely a falcon. Is a meat packer the one who puts it in those little like styrofoam containers and puts the like? No, they're the ones that actually slaughter the, yeah, the animal. Yeah, the packers before it gets to the butcher. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. they're going to win. Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, I think a Seahawk would win in in a fight with some birds. I don't think it would beat the Falcon, but... Well, nothing beats a... Look, it's not going to be a Falcon. It's not going to be an Eagle. We right. know Eagle is number two. Falcon is number one due to its speed index. Although, when I go to Philadelphia, maybe Elizabeth, the ornithology PhD, can weigh in on the Seahawk situation. Wait, is she, is she going to be there? Well, I'm not... She might not be there, but we might be able to dial her in in the live podcast. Well, I guess a Bengal is like a Bengal is like a, a mammal, so she's not going to be helpful for that. Are there any other birds we're doing? I mean, we, we might just have to bring her on for a bird. Yeah, just, well, yeah, we're doing the like when we get to the Sweet Sixteen, we're just cardinal. Bring her on. We're doing the oh, cardinal, cardinal I mean, yeah. definitely. Yeah, there are some bird mascots yet to talk Baltimore about. Baltimore Orioles, Toronto Blue Jays. Wait, Toronto Blue Jays, wrong sport. I know both of these are the wrong sport, but look at that. They're the Orioles used to fly by my house and on, land on my trees all the time. But you, you mentioned Baltimore, but listed the, the Baltimore Raven, another bird. Oh, the Raven, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, no, look. Um, We're losing the thread of the podcast here. <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Go look at the Dolphins' old logo. Just, just, just Bing search Dolphins' old logo. Okay, I got it. That's in my mind what I still picture of as a Dolphins logo. And why does a Dolphin need a helmet? Is a Dolphin – like the Dolphin – Oh, wow. A- I didn't even realize this new logo is terrible. I didn't yeah. realize they changed it. Yeah. I know. Oh, but I mean you're suggesting the opposite. No, 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 no. I think this old one's better. But the fact that the Dolphin's wearing a helmet still bugs me. No, I love the Dolphin wearing the helmet. But why doesn't he have shoulder pads? He doesn't need shoulder pads. He's got those fins. Well, he doesn't need a helmet. They have very hard hard heads. Well, you could always use a helmet. <laughs> I mean, if we were doing like the bear versus the tiger, and you could tell me one of the two ones gets like a form-fitting helmet, I immediately put all my money on that one. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. A dolphin with a helmet would be very formidable. I mean, this may have been an early indication of what the league knew about CTE, that they're like, even that dolphin, put a helmet on it. Just put a helmet on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't know how many of these animals are getting CD because a lot of animals do like ram other animals, especially well, it's dolphins. Well, actually true. So the old dolphin logo has a dolphin and a helmet. And the new dolphin logo, the dolphin looks confused and disoriented. So this is the dolphin before is trying to prevent CTE. But now the current dolphin actually has CTE, unfortunately. Well, you know, the thing is, they've done the studies. If you put a helmet on the dolphin, it actually rams things much more. Yep. If you take the helmet off, the it dolphin's it's much impervious. more careful. Exactly. exactly. And then it actually ends up getting less CTE. Cleveland Browns. Now, this is a very... Ooh, this is a tough... Well, this yeah. is very interesting that we're doing the Browns second because the Browns are the only team in the NFL that does not have a logo on their helmet. 
Yeah, their logo is their helmet. <laughs> when you see like the picture of the Browns logo. <laughs> yeah, well, they're the Browns. But it's not even a brown helmet. It's an orange helmet. Well, I mean, I, it's a shade of brown. Orange is not a shade of brown. Wow. Look, if it <laughs> I If it gets I, some dirt on it. I like the simplicity of it. If it were a brown helmet, just commit. You're the Browns. Make your helmet brown. Say, we don't have a logo because we're brown and our helmet's brown. But the helmet is even brown. It's orange. If they were the oranges, I'd be all for that. It's got to be the laziest uniform and logo design of any team. But don't you admire the simplicity? If it were brown, absolutely. But it's just confusing at this point. If I were an alien coming down from space and I had to guess the name of the team based solely on the helmet, brown would never be my pick. But there's some brown in the helmet. I mean, maybe like inadvertently, but I don't think there's any more brown. Yeah, there's like a the brown, brown stripe. Helmet. Yeah, that's just not just enough. look at a picture of the helmet. All right, all right, hold on. But you're right; hold it on. is it is mostly orange. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought it was I thought it was brown, but it is most definitely not brown. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see. Brown's helmet. This is. Oh my god, it's orange. Riveting it's podcast stuff orange. here. It's completely orange. Uh are are we allowed to give negative scores? No. Well, it's your list, but no, I'm forbidding it. This is a zero out of ten. Wow, the first zero. Wow, it's it's a simple logo. I mean, it's not. It's not. There is no logo. New York Jets. Now, people who are fans of the Jets and the Mets are they also fans of the Nets? No, no, they're not. Why not? I mean, you have three New York teams that all rhyme. I think the New York fans are, are fans of the Knicks. No, the Nets are the Nets are a joke. First of all, they were the New Jersey Nets. They moved to Brooklyn. No New Yorker is going to be a fan of a New Jersey team. Well, except the Jets. Oh, look, I don't know. <laughs> wow, the Jets are a New York team. I mean, the Jets are as much a New York team as the Nets were when they played back in New Jersey, too. I mean, look. No, the Net, the Giants play in the same stadium. I, they both played in the same stadium for like 30 I'm years. Just saying, you can't... I'm just saying, if I lived in New York and was a fan of the Jets and the Mets, I would feel a natural affinity towards the Nets. Indianapolis Colts. Okay, the positives. I like the fact that it's one of those uniforms that's simple because it's basically the same thing that it was 80 years ago. Yeah. Which we like. I like that we're back in the uh, the land mammal category. Yeah. And this is our third horse. We talked about the Charger, the Bronco, and now the yeah. Colt. Yeah. I don't... I don't know if we have any equine studies folks who listen. I don't know who would win in a race, a charger, a colt, or a, uh, or a bronco, bronco, but I, I'm very curious to find out. Well, the bronco, it depends. I mean, you couldn't be on the bronco because the bronco doesn't want to be ridden, but I don't know. Maybe the colt does. I don't know. Right. And, and, and I don't know if well, we talked about this with the Broncos, but I don't remember if a Bronco is a breed of horse or if it's just like a type of horse, like a no, Bronco is like, like a horse. horse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah Bronco is like a, a, like a free spirit horse. who's like, get off me. But so I you, don't, could have not, a, you could have a Bronco Colt. I mean, me, I don't know what a Colt is. Like that Colt is fucking Bronco. That Colt <laughs> wow. is Bronco is shit. I don't think you would say Bronco. I think you said that Colt is a Bronco. You could say that cold, but I don't know. So is a charger type of horse? I mean, I know it's named after horse, but is it like a breed? Yeah, I, I mean, probably not. There like, can't be a horse called a charger. It's too on the nose. Oh, okay. So a colt is just a male horse. 
not even a oh. breed of horse. It's just a male horse. So a colt could definitely be a bronco. And I'm sure a colt could also probably be a charger. I mean, I don't think there are breeds of horses. There's like a horse and then there's like that little mini horse like that was on Parks and Recreation. No, there are definitely breeds of horses. I don't think there's a horse and the mini horse. Oh, okay. So a charger is just like a medieval war horse. Like it was like the horse that they would use in an attack in medieval times. Which is a horse. Well, yeah, the breed is a uh, Destrier. Destrier, I don't know how to pronounce that. And that's a breed of horse that were used as chargers, but charger could be any breed of horse. It's like a colt could be. So really, all these are are just types of horses. But see, breed of horse, like breed of dog, there are lots of different types of dogs, but they're all the same species. Like all dogs can have sex with all other dogs. I'm assuming Correct. that's what it horses. is for a horse. So yes. who cares what breed there? People are just making up shit. Well, no, but I mean, like, well, it's it's a different species. There's obviously like a big difference between like a Rottweiler and a Dachshund. Like you would, like I I could tell you right now who could win in a fight, a Rottweiler or a Dachshund. So we could talk about horse breeds while still acknowledging that they're all the same species. But I think that little mini horse is a whole different species. Yeah, that is not in dispute. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Though actually, I don't agree because I think that it, that's just like a, uh, that's just a horse with dwarfism or whatever. But like, little um, Sebastian has dwarfism. Yeah, well, that that comes down to like there's a difference between a mini horse and a pony. Well, pony's a whole different thing, right? That, like that's a different species. I I think I a mean, horse maybe. and a pony can can have sex, but it's purely for pleasure. <laughs> I mean, that might be a crime of some sort, some sort of right. animal crime, yeah. depending on who's doing who. But there's all sorts of breeds of horses, right? So there's like a thoroughbred, there's a Clydesdale, there's a Mustang. But all those horses, all the male ones are still colts. Yeah. If they were in a war setting, they could all be chargers. Yeah. And if they were wild, they could be a bronco. So theoretically, there could be a horse out there that is that could be described as a colt, bronco, charger. I'm sure that's like 30% of all horses. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, except for the war part, because like horses in war has been obsolete for a while. Yeah. Like a horse in war is just cruel to the horse. Yeah. Although people in war is cruel to the people, Joe. Think about that. Yeah. No, I mean, the day we can fight all of our wars with with robots. (laughs) It's a great it's a great day. I think Uh, we should just switch over to cyber war, Joe. Just get rid of we don't even need the robots. Just battle over computers. Or as Donald Trump calls it, just. The cyber. Cyber. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, In that campaign rally he just did? Oh, my God. (laughs) Just last week? Oh, man. The campaign rally in Iowa is something you didn't think that could apply for whatever year. Could apply in any year. Uh, They'll never know when we recorded this. Isn't that guy Jared from Subway great? (laughs) 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 He's an American hero the way he lost all that weight. So yeah. it'll always be remembered. Buffalo Bills. All right. Now back to the Bills, Joe. During the Bills podcast, we were a little confused about the logo. I have the answer. Superfan Sean, who wants to be known as, quote, elite superfan Sean the Conqueror, cleared it up for us. The Bills logo was actually created by an aerospace designer by the name of Stevens Wright, who considered it one of the greatest accomplishments of his life and mentioned it on his deathbed. The addition of the red stripe was requested by the general manager and vice president of the Bills at the time as a representation of forward accelerated motion. 
the GM literally requested that the red stripe be added and start from the eye. So, and he sent the original letter that uh, corroborates this. So, the general manager, very uh, micromanagey. But why the eye? Was there any explanation for it? Well, it's like an acceleration concept. I don't know. The, that's what but the general you, manager wanted. But you don't accelerate from your eye. Like, I feel like if there were two red stripes coming out of like the upper thigh area, you'd be like, oh shit, that buffalo is fast. But you do. Your eye and your thighs are all moving at the same speed. What difference does it make? Because the forward propulsion is coming from your legs. That's where like the red... I mean, look, there also aren't red beams that come out of things that are moving fast. I mean, I guess maybe if you have like a red like streamer tied to you. Yeah, but the head is accelerating just as fast as the legs. But it's not causing the acceleration. The legs are the thing that's actually propelling you forward. Well, I mean, your legs are just moving back and forth. It's sort of the ground and some sort of physics that's actually propelling you forward, Joe, if we want to be specific. Right, but the eyes have, like, the least to do with it. I don't know, the least. They show you where you're going. Well, you're not going to accelerate off a cliff or something. So then, fine. So then, fine. Fine. I'll accept that. But then the red line should be going forward because it's helping the buffalo see where it's going. <laughs> but then... It's not accelerating, then it'd be going backwards, and then it wouldn't be seeing where it's going. No, you'd be like, oh man, that buffalo has like laser vision. That <laughs> buffalo is like Cyclops. It would actually be funny to see the logo exactly the same, but with the red switched coming forward from the eye. And oh, then there would see, be I think the, I like, would like that a lot more. laser bills. Yeah, that's actually yeah. interesting. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In this episode, we take to the high seas to check on the only NFL team <laughs> with a Caribbean based naval mascot the tampa bay buccaneers joe one of two but one of two pirate mascots who's the other one oakland raiders are they pirates absolutely look at he has an eye patch it's like the yeah but he's wearing a football helmet well he's a football playing pirate yeah all right joe how are you feeling in the second half of this i mean this is a very auspicious start jacksonville jaguars Okay, what does London have? London wait, has wait. the London Fogs, or the London Fog. The London. Oh, like I like. First of all, you know, I'm a huge fan of non-plural team names. Yeah, huge yeah. fan. Yeah, huge fan. Uh, London Fog. Exercise, would be good. exercise to the podcast listeners at home. Name the nine teams across all four major leagues that don't that have team names that don't end in the letter S. Go. Not no, not you. It'll take too long. No, I Just know. Exercise at home. Yeah, let's give like nine seconds for them to do it. Hold on. No, they don't get any time. They can just pause the podcast. Just oh, go. Okay, okay, okay. London okay. Fog. You got anything better than that? What are those people called with the big hats? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The London Beef Eaters. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, in fact, London Beef Eaters are a Canadian Junior Football League. Oh, Look at that. There you go. Um, the London Knights. There's no knights. There's no Knights logo. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I like that. That's, I mean, that's hot now with Game of Thrones. The London Bridges. Mm. Not not so good. I don't know. Not a winner. Yeah, I, I get confused. I would think that it was like Jeff Bridges' daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it is Jeff Bridges' daughter. Yeah, but <laughs> she'd sue. She would she's be got like, a trademark. She'd be, like, she'd be like the team ambassador. What about the London Royals? Like the Kansas City Royals? Yeah. How about the London Royal Tea? Ooh! Oh, like twist on wait, it. Wait, but but T E A like tea, <laughs> and the logo is a little teacup. 
<laughs> that's oh, good. That's good. I think we nailed it. Oh my god, Joe. The London royalty. <laughs> Boom. That's amazing. And you know, when they run out of the like thing, instead of running out like through the thing or having the smoke shooting out, the smoke is shooting up from like a teacup and they jump yes. over or they jump out of the teacup. And it's making the tea kettle whistling sound oh instead of music. My god. That's oh, this amazing. is so good. This is so good. Oh my god! Pittsburgh Steelers. The steel world lives in really hot condition. I mean, that's those factories are hot. These are huge furnaces, you know. So they're they're sweltering. And I think the Packer, you know, they're in a, they're in an air conditioned room. You know, the cool room to keep the meat cool. Right, but in ah. a fight, though, in a fight, let me just play this out. The Packer knows how to kill, like efficiently. <laughs> Well, the, Super the Packer knows how to dismember, doesn't know how to kill. No, 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 no. They kill. They kill. That's what that's what the euphemism like packing means or processing. They kill the animal. Physically? Well, I mean they don't like emotionally kill. They don't like they don't talk it <laughs> they don't like psychologically fuck with it until it kills itself. I mean, doesn't a machine kill it? They're killing it, they're like chopping its head off or something. Oh, yeah, no, I mean that's a good point. That's a good point. They probably like, but I mean that that's that's a, a very philosophical point. Like, who's doing the killing, the machine or the person who like pushes the button on the machine? Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, better than that though. Someone who listened to the podcast showed me um, some links of wild buffalo kicking the shit out of other animals, and they're like, <laughs> like you watch this and tell me that a buffalo wouldn't beat up a tiger in a fight, and they are right, man. These buffaloes look rough. Wait, I think I was on Team Buffalo in the podcast. Although I, I think you I, were. I thought it said a Look, herd of buffalo could fuck some shit up. That's what you uh, said, but I stand corrected. I think actually one buffalo would stand a very good. I mean, I think the tiger has the advantage that it could like move quickly and like um, pounce at the buffalo's like haunches or whatever. But um, the buffalo, it, it it has an interesting fighting style because it just is like chilling out, looking totally innocent looking like it's not going to even come anywhere near you, like not interested, doesn't even realize you're there, and then just goes fucking nuts. But I can see why they got shot very easily because that that like fighting style does not account for the existence of someone having a gun from like a relatively small distance. So incidentally, the biggest person that could take down the Buffalo is the team we're doing today. The, uh, the Chiefs or the Native Americans on the plains of the Americas. They were good. They were good, but they used every part of the buffalo, Dan. I know, but the point is they used the buffalo's fighting style, which it had honed to to take right. out the Bengal tigers that right. were roaming the Americas against it. They used every part of the buffalo, including the red lasers coming out of its eyeballs. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. Speaking of Panthers and Jaguars, when I was doing the research for the Panthers episode after I was editing it, I realized that a panther isn't actually a thing. A panther is like a mythical creature that... What? Yeah, a panther's not a thing, but you know what is a thing? A jaguar is a thing. Like a Wait, jaguar... Panthers are pa- panthers are real? No, no, they're not. So people, what they think of black panthers aren't real. They're all different things. And I think jaguars, I think there's a black jaguar. What about from, what about from the Jungle Book? Yeah, it's a lie, Joe. Wow, Okay. All right. Anyways, with that Wait, out of the hold way, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, I just Google searched a panther animal. It's a black. It's a giant black cat. What the fuck are you talking about? No, it's not. Okay, Google search panther animal. Yeah, the, it's a it's an incorrect link or whatever. Wait, wait, look at the images. Yeah, those are all slightly. They're all something what? else. 
What, they're just like ocelots that someone's painted black? <laughs> no, what are you talking they're just, about? They're just <laughs> different things. Dan, what, what are you talking about? I'm talking about what I saw a YouTube video. <laughs> Dan, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. The Black Panther is a melanistic color variant of the Panthera species. Black Panthers in Asia, Africa yeah, it says, are leopards. Yeah, it says they're leopards. Yeah, that's different. That's what oh. I'm saying. And Black Panthers in America are black jaguars. Exactly. See? There oh. we go. Now we're Dan. getting somewhere. Wow. I was really making fun of you for a minute there. Yeah. All right, Joe. Oakland Raiders. It is as much a logo and persona that doesn't fit the city as, like, the Lakers' name fits fits Los Angeles, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 I agree. I mean, I don't think it fits Vegas. And I don't think really any team fits Vegas at all because Vegas is a tourist-driven city that, that doesn't – I mean, what do you think of when you think of, like, Vegas culture? Like, No, I think it would have to be the Las Vegas Strippers. That's the only team name that makes sense. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And you're like, no, no, no. It's not like naked strippers. It's like the, it's like the strip. No, the strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, though the logo would be a naked woman, just to be clear. Yeah. Does the team have a style of play that Joe would enjoy watching? Cleveland Browns. I mean, hopefully they can start to have a comeback here. Number 10, do they play a style of play that you would enjoy watching? I mean, as far as I know, I don't think so. Their style of play seems to be losing. I was, I have no research on this because I have never seen the Cleveland Browns play. The only thing I know about the Cleveland Browns is that RG3, my a person right. that I spent a great deal of my fandom rooting for and loving and watching many games, started a few games for them. I drafted him in fantasy teams. He did not oh, seem he did not seem he did not uh hit the starting lineup. So <laughs> I'm guessing that I mean they went one in fifteen. There's there it could not have been that interesting. And I thought, oh, maybe they went one in fifteen, but they were keeping the game close. But if you look at the advanced metrics, you know, they were second to last in DVOA. I they're just they're not a good team. Two out of ten. Two out of ten. <laughs> that's I mean, that's pretty generous. New York Jets. Okay, number 10. Do they play a style of play you would enjoy watching? I wrote down in my notes, no next question. What's interesting about this fan base? Philadelphia Eagles. I have to say, I was impressed that it didn't cease, right? The, the novelty never wore off. Uh, he came out for every pick, and for every pick, he got booed. Like, even when he was coming out with, like, children from uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. <laughs> like, there was nothing that you could bring out there, like, active servicemen, like, you know, all these positive things uh, that would stop people from Philadelphia uh, from booing. Like, he was trying. He was trying to stem the tide. But, no, every time Roger Goodell steps on that stage. I can actually think of few people alive today who would be more satisfying to boo. Maybe I can think of five or six. But, like... He would be in the top 10 for sure. But I think he was he was sort of leaning into the booze. It was just, he was so non-flustered. He just was like, people are booing me. You know, actually, the better strategy would have been 
not to come out with sympathetic people, but to come out with other hated people. So then it's like, are they like, if Goodell came out with Bill Cosby, there's a huge boo. And people are like, are they booing Goodell or are they booing Bill Cosby? Temple University. Temple University. Well, no, boy. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's my answer is that Philly fans were quite dedicated to uh, booing every time. So as, as snarky and angry as we think they are. Oakland Raiders. Here is why Joe should be a Raiders fan. Number one, we have the best theme song in the NFL, which I should have put on the soundboard, but I didn't. But it's good. I mean, so, so I'm just going to take the dude's word for it. <laughs> yeah, take the dude's word for it. Maybe I'll edit it in post. Maybe not. I don't know. But just wait. Pretend so should we're I like react to it, to it as right if now. you're playing it? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. give you some reaction sounds. Okay. Dan, be quiet. Ready? Oh. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, wow. Huh. Wow. Wow. That's good, Dan. He he's not he's not fucking around. That's a that's a good theme song. New England Patriots. I'm I'm sick of Boston fans. I'm sick of everything. I'm sick of their Fox News. Boston <laughs> has their own Fox News in the BS report. Bill Simmons is the most ridiculous homer of all time. It, like it's this the most one of the most popular podcasts in podcasting, certainly the most popular sports podcast. It's the it's full of Boston homers. Mike Lombardi, who's this guy who's like, "Oh, I know Bill Belichick. I work for the Patriots. I do this and that." He's like got his own podcast now. He's like this brilliant GM. He was the GM for the Cleveland Browns in 2013. He was in charge of a draft. On draft day, it was graded a D plus. I looked. They re, you know, they regrade the draft three years later. His draft was graded an F. He was involved in one draft that was graded an F three years later. Why is this guy on some podcast is some brilliant thing? You know, it's like what we talked about last week when it's like, oh, uh, Marvin Lewis, he creates all of these like defensive coordinator or whatever and sends them off right. and they sort of have successful careers. If you, if like Bill Belichick is not the person on your podcast, the person's an idiot. Like we've seen it. He sends their, his disciples out in the world. Nothing right. happens to them. Right. Mike Lombardi is an idiot. Nobody should be listening to him. It's like, it is just Fox News. Everything's the party line. Oh, they complain. Oh, Boston this, Boston that. Boston is number one in the champs or chumps championship index. Every one of their four major sports teams has won a championship in the last 10 years. Your city, San Diego, has never won a fucking championship. Your football team was taken away from you. My team has four professional sports teams which have not won a championship since 1991 in 25 years. Fuck these Boston fans if they think they know anything about sports. Sports is suffering. Sports is excite. Like, can you imagine what you would feel like if... Any of your teams won anything? No, I can't imagine. I, I, I frankly cannot imagine. I can't either. If you're a Boston fan and you're a fan of any team, you've won once in the past 10 years. And two of your teams have won twice. Oh, the Red Sox. You know, the Patriots have won twice. Oh, the Red Sox. The great Red Sox. This year, the Red Sox have the second highest payroll in baseball. Their payroll is higher than the New York Yankees this year. Fuck. I mean, this is insane. Like... Boston is not these underdogs. Boston is like Boston's evil empire. Every one of Boston teams is the evil empire. 
Every person who covers Boston sports and pretends to be a Boston fan at the preface of everything they say about it should be like, we are the luckiest, most spoiled fans in the world, and we don't deserve what we're getting. Seattle Seahawks. Rob did make a good point about how you watch a team when you want to watch a team. One annoying thing about the Seahawks is because I live in the city, so I like to watch it on the NFL Sunday ticket. And I like to watch games sometimes on my TV, but sometimes on my computer, on my iPad. Like sometimes, you know, I mean, you know, Dan, like it's stupid that I can't watch that, that the least convenient game for me to watch is the game in the city that I live in. You to watch it on your TV. Yeah. Dan, I have three kids. You know how hard it is for me to watch a game on my TV? I have to go hide in my basement with my iPad so I can watch TV. But now you have that new basement. Yeah. I'm still gonna have to hide there. How hard is it going to be for me to like have kids and then teach them to love sports? Is that just not going to be a, in it, not going to be possible? It's just, you have to wait till the right age. I mean, they're not going to like it when they're four. Yeah. Super boring. And football's not even going to exist by the time they're adults. Well, no, it'll just be played with robots. Los Angeles Rams. Which again, because of the program, I cannot, I can't even select it. So I have no idea what it is. So. <laughs> So, wait, so we're just supposed to judge based on some YouTube link that you can't open? Wait, wait, Joe, just do it like the last time. Give me a okay. reaction in case the YouTube video is like really good, and then I'll edit that in. And then if it's really bad, give me one of those, and I'll edit that in. Do we think it's okay? Okay, so I'm going to give you two reactions. I mean, I literally have one. no idea what it is. Yeah, I yeah, read yeah. what he said. Yeah, I'm going to give you one that's like if it's something really funny and good, and then one if it's something like. Offensive and shocking. Okay, ready? Okay, yeah. Give you the, give you the funny. Okay, ready? Ready? Fans, we want to have the loudest stadium in the NFL. To help us all come together as the 12th Ram, we've created Ram rules. Follow these five rules to give our huh. team don't feel huh. advantage. Oh, no. Together as one, we can uh-huh. do it. We can do it! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... Okay, okay, I see, I see what he did there. That was good, that was good. Well, now give me the other one. When the Rams' offense is at work at the line, oh, oh no, no, Ram rule Dan, two. no. He's got a first down. Every first down for the Rams, our announcer says St. Louis. Is he gonna first down? Oh no, no, Ram no. Three on third down. Let's help our Rams by making some noise. Yeah! Yeah! Oh my God! Okay, turn it off, Dan. Turn it off. I can't watch it anymore. Turn it off. <laughs> it's off, Joe. It's off. <sighs> okay. Wow. Wow. Uh, I mean, after watching that awesome slash horrific video, I'm going to say two out of 10. Pittsburgh Steelers. Number 11. What's interesting about this fan base? So again, I did no research other than what I know. But here's what I know, Joe. The Pittsburgh Steelers fans fucking travel. So everywhere they go is like a partial home game. They've got those stupid, terrible towels that everybody loves. They've got their chants about all the the various players they like. And, um, you know, they all love Ben Roethlisberger (laughs) for whatever reason. But, yeah, I mean, what what can you say about Pittsburgh? What, What team travels more than them other than maybe, I mean, if you're talking about the national teams, there's the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Steelers. I mean, is anybody else even close right. to either of those three teams? 
No, I don't think so. So the terrible towel thing. Okay. I mean, here's what's funny about the terrible towel thing. It's such a weird combination of an intimidating word and then like a not intimidating thing. <laughs> right? Like so I was thinking like it's like the it's like the pernicious pillowcases. Yeah. <laughs> like towels aren't scary. And then you call it a terrible towel. It's like, is it intentionally ironic or is it is it just I don't know. It is funny because you know it's like Seattle, you know, they optimize the stadium so like all the noise would get funneled down, which actually makes a difference. And in Pittsburgh they're like Let's have everybody wave the same color. That'll distract the other team or you know. But it kind of gets people excited, I think. Like it's like a weird oh, like it like it look it gets it the caught fans on. excited. I mean, the terrible towel has existed since before you and I were born. Look, I'm I'm supportive of uh the fans. The vicious the vicious vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it's like it doesn't make it scary because you put the word terrible in front of it. I'm not a fan. I'm not a Steelers fan. I do generally root against them, but I, I can't diminish the fact that they have quite a a fan culture, and they have a thing. I'll give them that. Carnivorous coffee tables. Read the drink. Seattle Seahawks. And I will note, you've picked a drink that I could not find in San Francisco. It's so local to Seattle. Dan, what are you this drinking? Is, this is the clear answer. If I walked out on the street right, well, okay, not right now. It's eleven forty. If I walked out on the street in an appropriate time and asked ten Seahawk fans, what drink should be like the drink of the Seahawks? If I'm having a drink for every NFL team, I guarantee you, all ten out of ten would say Rainier beer, and not just Rainier beer. They would specify a Rainier tall boy, tall boy. So that is what we're drinking today. Well, that's what you're drinking today. Open it right now. Ooh, that's nice. Cleveland Browns. Wait, so Dan, Dan, I think we need to start off the way we always start off. Uh, can you tell me about the drink that we're drinking today? Yeah, so this drink is actually uh, has a little story, which is Paul Brown, who was the original head coach of the Cleveland Browns and, in fact, the namesake of the Cleveland Browns, which is the only NFL team named after a person. It's named after a person. I right. had no idea. Paul Brown. He forbade his players. Why, why did they not call them the Cleveland Pauls? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You have right, to, right, it was a right, different world back then. <laughs> he prohibited his players from drinking, told them not to smoke in public, and made them wear coats and ties on every road trip, and told them they were not allowed to have sex after Tuesday night during the season. <laughs> He was a very rigid wow. coach. And so wow. we could not go to the Browns themselves to find a drink because the whole team, you know, it's, this, it's based on this man who uh, forbade drinking. But we were able to go to a place where drinking does happen a lot, and that is Brown University. So we are drinking the drink of Brown University, also called a Brownonian, which is whiskey sweet vermouth and bitters all right okay i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> it's fascinating i'm gonna take a sip of this i'm gonna try this brunonian oh all right all right that's interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna let it sink in for a bit before i give you my official verdict on the brunonian i know well it's, uh, it's last on the list i'll say when i made it i had to go get sweet vermouth i went to the liquor store and said could i have sweet vermouth and the guy said uh, I don't know what sweet vermouth is. I don't drink. 
And this is this is this is the salesperson at the liquor store. That's correct. Washington Football Club. Don't mind my Confederate accent here, but I'm going for it. I'm doing it. <laughs> Fully support it. I was Colonel Ricky of Missouri, the friend of senators, judges, and statesmen, and something of an authority on political matters and political movements. As time has dealt lightly with me, I had no right to quarrel with the world. I am still the friend of statesmen and politicians, and I think I keep fairly well in touch with the world. But am I ever spoken of for those reasons? I fear not. No, I am known to fame as the author of the Ricky, and I have to be satisfied with that. There is one consolation in the fact that there are fashion in drinks. The present popularity of the Scotch highball may possibly lose me my reputation and restore me my former fame. Tis a consummation devoutly to be wished for. Dan, well done. Thank you. Well performed. Now, I performed that earlier in practice to my lovely girlfriend, and she had no idea what the actual point of that statement was. So I did you did you catch what he's saying there? So I think he's saying he doesn't love being named after a drink, but it's sort of the reality. And hopefully as as the Scotch highball becomes more popular, people won't remember him for the drink anymore and will and, and we'll remember him for being a Confederate soldier, which is also not great. No, no, so, no, no. I mean, he's not, he's over the Confederate part. He's just, he's like, um, he's a wheeler and dealer in DC and that's what he wants to be known for. There you go. Look at that. Well, we're still talking about him. So, you that's know, that's good listening. Bravo, for you. Joe Ricky. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. If it weren't for the drink being named after him, I would never have read that passage and his <laughs> words would never have become alive. Now he is actually from St. Louis. You really channeled him, though. I mean, it was well. I think uncanny, actually probably. the accent. I was like studying the St. Louis accent, and it actually wow. doesn't sound anything like that. I don't know. Whatever. You do so much more work for this podcast than I do. Denver Broncos. Well, I'm uh, actually drinking my Coors Light in its native habitat, which is a uh, red Silo cup, Solo cup, a red Solo cup, <laughs> red Silo cup. <laughs> See, the problem with that, Joe, is you can't tell if your mountains are blue. Because I'm looking at my unopened 24-ounce tall boy of Coors Light, and these mountains look blue. I know it's <laughs> the perfect time to drink it, and I'm going to finally, after long delay, crack this baby open. Oh, I like the sound of that. Atlanta Falcons. Fresh off their Super Bowl choke job, they get their first shot at redemption. But first, let's start with a simple question. Joe why is this podcast different from all our other podcasts? Dan, happy Passover. Yes. Happy Passover, Joe. And this is our first ever live in-person podcast. Oh, my God. Joe, you're five feet from me right now. This is so different staring at your beautiful glistening head. Yes. It's amazing. So, Dan, what are we drinking? We are drinking this week a fuzzy cola, which is a combination of Coca-Cola and peach schnapps. Why did we pick this drink? Coca-Cola, of course, very famously began in uh, or was invented in 1886 by a Atlanta pharmacist, Dr. John Pemberton, and now uh, has become the probably most popular drink in the world, soda in the world. And thus, our uh, drink is, I mean, I don't know why you didn't go with like a rum and Coke or something, but. Well, I mean, aren't like peaches fairly native to Georgia? Oh, that's a good point. Joe, I'm not going to lie. I didn't actually research the drink. I know nothing about why you picked it. I don't think we need a lot of research here. 
yeah, it's peaches right. and peaches and Coke. Yeah. Are, I mean, unless we could like get like a, a Wolf Blitzer like <laughs> drink stir, you can't get more Atlanta than those two things. I'm sold, Joe. I'm sold. I love it. And we're eating a nice crisp piece of matzah on the side to commemorate Passover. Yes. No breaded drinks this week. No. Completely chametz free. All right. That's some good matzah, damn. Really perfect podcasting food. Very dry. Very dry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles Rams. Dan, before we start the Rams. Wait, actually, what are we drinking? Tell me about our drink first. <laughs> I got excited for a minute. The drink, number 12. We are drinking a Crystal Kalimoto. It is one and a half ounces of vodka, one half ounce of grenadine, and six ounces of Crystal Pepsi, which Riley marks as important. This is chosen because of the uh, chosen because of the Crystal Pepsi, explained by a friend who was a Rams fan, a native St. Louisian. If I had to pick a drink, it'd be something with Crystal Pepsi. When I was here, people somewhat acknowledged it and sort of liked it, but no one cared when it was gone. Okay. Joe, how are you enjoying that Crystal Pepsi? Well, I'm using regular Pepsi, which the whole point of Crystal Pepsi is that it tastes the same as regular Pepsi, so I figured it didn't matter. But I have to say, just about this drink, before we rate it, which will come later, a half ounce of grenadine is a lot of grenadine. Which may be why Riley is diabetic. I just want to point that out. It's a strange choice for a diabetic. Cleveland Browns. And Joe, we finish off with the most unscientific, ridiculous part of the show. Rate the drink. But but perhaps the most important of the rankings. Uh, Well, this could help the Browns. (laughs) Well, it's a shame for the Browns because, uh, well, you had this adventure of, you know, going to like five different markets to try and find your sweet vermouth. Uh, because I have a uh, large family of many children, I don't have the luxury that you have of shopping around. So I, I use dry vermouth in my drink, which uh, I've, I've now learned is not an equal substitute. Oh, wait, for you can't vermouth. rate the drink if you made the wrong drink. I, I'm sorry. I mean, look, look, it's sort of the Browns fall for having a drink that involved an inaccessible uh, type of alcohol. So, uh, yeah. I'll give them a few extra points for the fact that I did use the wrong ingredient in their drink, but, uh, I thought, <laughs> but I thought mine it, was pretty good. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I'm really looking forward to trying this drink once with the right ingredients. New York Jets. Joe, what is the number one drink in 1934? Can you guess it? The number one drink in 1932 would have been 34. Not that it 34. matters. Would, well, I mean, obviously a big difference between the drink in 32 and 34. Thank you for clarifying that. Would have been like moonshine probably, right? <laughs> no. <I'm not laughs> no. This is the Burke's Complete Cocktail Guide. This is the, oh, the most be a refined cocktail. drink. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Come on. What's the number one cocktail? It's still the most popular cocktail. An old-fashioned. No. That's number four. Joe, you know. But it was just called a fashioned at that point. <laughs> <laughs> no. Joe. Good, good try. It was not a fashioned it's a martini. That's the number one drink, you idiot. Atlanta Falcons. Joe, the fuzzy cola, which this, is this Coca-Cola is, and peach schnapps. We don't have to belabor it. This is the best drink we've had yet. Yeah. You drank it. We both, by the time we got to number four, we were both done. I, I refilled is, mine a little bit. This, this, this drink is fantastic. Yeah. I, this is, they should is, market this as a new flavor of Coke. That's a good Wait, idea. Joe, cut this from that's, the podcast. Patent pending. Because it's an alcoholic version of Coke, but it's not. It's very low. It's like a beer. I'm serving this drink apart. This is this drink is 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 being added to my 
list of just like evening drinks. And you gave it to your wife, who was briefly down here. She loved it. Right. She couldn't take it away. She just drank the whole thing. And she hates everything. Yeah. Including was, us recording this podcast <laughs> on her kitchen table. It was great. I'm going to be drinking this again. I feel like nice and caffeinated. It's perfect. I mean, 10 out of 10. Come on. Oh I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess around. This is the best drink we're going to have on this whole podcast. Joe. I hope everyone listening pours himself, uh, what is this even called again? Fuzzy cola. Can we just give the ingredients to people? It's one fifth peach schnapps. Yeah. Five fifths. parts Coke. Yes. Although put in the peach schnapps to taste. Yeah. Perfect. Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, we're developing a uh, sense for what type of fan I like. So, Dan, we gotta we gotta pause this. How much more we got? What number are we on? We just have one more. What the the drink? Rate the one drink. One more. Okay, let's go quick. Let's go quick. I gotta you rate okay. the drink. Okay. You have to be leaving the date in fifteen minutes. Okay. Okay. Shit, I gotta go. Yeah. All right, Liz. You want to finish the podcast for me? Yeah, Liz, come in. Liz, just rate the drink. Wait, Joe, just rate the drink. You're going to be late for swim. Okay, we got to I got to go to swim. Okay, damn. We'll Liz, rate set. the drink. Get Liz in. We need one more thing. And then we're done. Liz, talk to your brother. I don't want to talk to my brother. Liz, Didn't just brother? rate the drink. No, you have to give a score. Okay. Liz. Is there any drink left? Okay, yeah, there's like uh, half of some sort of gross looking martini. Okay, perfect. Joe is going to be late for swim class. It's fine. Liz. It's not need... fine. It's only a half an hour class. Liz, you have a very important job right now. For number 12, Joe has to go take one of his daughters to swim class. So his wife, my sister, Liz, is stepping in for number 12, rate the drink. Hi, Dan. Liz. Hi, brother. Hey, hey how's it going? Good. It's good, you know. Baby if, handoff. If you listen to the prior podcast and... Uh, I, I have not. No. Yeah, well, I know you have not. <laughs> I'm sure you would not support Joe's parenting methods. But hey, we're drinking a Clover Club cocktail. Liz, take a sip of that drink. Tell me what you can think I, of it. Can I describe it for just a second? Because it looks sort of like chunky. What's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. This is part of the cocktail. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. Oh. Oh, my God. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Oh, my God. So what do you oh, give no. that out of 10? Oh, 10 being like. Good, good or 10 being bad? 10 being good. Oh, God, like a two. Maybe a two, two and a half. Ten. It's Ouch. like chunky. Yikes. Well, Yikes. I might, Joe might have not shaken up enough or might have been sitting here. <laughs> By the well, way. Joe did say on his way out that he rates it a five. So I'm not really sure what that means. I'm going to split the difference. So you gave it a two. He gave it a five. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. So that puts the Eagles at 71 and a half points, which is, wow, our second best team behind the Cowboys. Right. This is exciting stuff. Liz, Very exciting. Are you, are you a fan of any NFL teams? No, I do not like football. Wow. Wow. Uh. It's great to be on this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Is there a better answer I should be giving you? No. No. This is great. I'm sure our fans are going to love this. So we have one last piece of business while you're here. Okay. We have to pick what the next two teams we're doing for our next two podcasts, which all of our listeners... How many people listen to this podcast, Liz, do you think? Um, I'm going to give you in the teens. Yeah. I think the stats show that. We have awesome. over 10 listeners. I mean, that's exciting. I mean, you guys are good. I mean, most people only, you guys don't even like, when the two of you talk, I mean, I try and tune you out. So, I mean, the fact that you've got at least 10 people who are interested in listening to your, like, banter, I think that's a win. 
Oh, thank you for that. This is a great compliment. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Here we go. I've put the teams into random.org. We're going to pick the next two teams that we're doing. Liz will not be a part of this, hopefully. <laughs> and here we go. Wow. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Jets. What do, I get, do I get to pick? No, no. We're doing both of those. Those are oh, our next oh, two yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah. Which right. one would you pick? Of those two teams, which do you like more? The Tampa Bay Bucs or the New York Jets? Uh, do you know anything about either of those two teams? I know they're located. Uh, the Jets wow, are green. That's, that's true. Yeah. See? They're, that's good. And Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers are in Florida. That's true. Right. Hey, yeah. See? Stuff two, two facts. Do you know anything I, else I, about I believe, the New York Jets? I believe that my football knowledge that I just shared will increase your listeners from your teens. I think you might crack into the 20s now. People are people are interested in what I have to say. All right. Well, maybe I made a mistake. The podcast should be me and you. We'll see what the listeners think. <laughs> Sounds great. From your cameo. All right, Liz. See you. All right. Bye. Miami Dolphins. Our penultimate drink. Damn. Wow. Joe, when we go to the playoffs, are we going to mix the drink for each team? Just like a mini one? To no, sample? no, no. We're going to get a punch bowl and mix the drinks for all the teams. <laughs> and just in the thing? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. going to be crazy, Joe. Yep. It's yep. going to be just like uh just like college. And that's going to be that's going to be called the Joe Picks Teeny. <laughs> Every everybody can make it at home. Just take every ingredient you have that makes liquor and mix it together. <laughs> and don't forget to go out and buy some uh wait, what was it called again? Galliano. Don't forget to go out and buy some Galliano. Hey, you're key. the one who bought it. You should remember key, ing- it, key right. ingredient. What do you rate the mojito? How could you not like a mojito? Dan, I mean, one of my favorite things in the world is to muddle. I love muddling things. And I don't get enough opportunities. I feel like I would have fit in great during like the mortar and pestle times when that was like a main thing that you did to like crush up spices. Look, I love muddling too, Joe. I made myself a custom muddler with my woodworking skills. See? That's great. It's a great muddler. I need you to make me one because I really like to muddle. Wow. I could make you one, Joe, but I'm not going to. All right. Fair enough. Yes, that's the amuse-bouche. That's just the amuse-bouche. So we've already got our little amuse-bouche. <laughs> that's our amuse-bouche. An amuse-bouche? An amuse-bouche.